the Joe Rogan Experience. Train by day, Joe Rogan podcast by night, all day. Tony Hinchcliffe hiding right now in the basement from Chris Cyborg. This just in. <laughs> President Trump has not responded to any of Tony's calls. He's ignored all of his tweets. Tony does not know what to do. Brian Redband is not helping. I am trying to find the sound effect for breaking news. No, we don't need that. Cyborg outside. Giant icons on your phone? No. Did you switch the size of your icons? No, no, no. I have regular size. That's a sound, what are those? Sound oh, word. oh, that's why I was confused. I was like, what? I thought those were jo- like you had some hack to your phone. I all of a sudden wanted that. That's how stupid people are. I see like uh, like a different size icon. and go, oh, it's different than what I have. Yeah, I want it. I just bought a hacked uh, Fire Stick off eBay. A you know, Fire like, Stick, yeah, an Amazon one. Yeah, it's one of those things where you put it in your. You have everything, like mm-hmm. movies that are in the movie theaters. You have every single TV show, pay per views. Right? Yeah, you get uh, yeah all everything you get. Well, you know what those little those little Amazon things. Or the little Google ones, those little Google sticks. Chrome's. You stick them in a USB port mm-hmm. on your computer or on your uh, TV, and you can stream something from your computer right to that, and it plays on the TV. How in the fuck does that work? Because like your Apple TV, I have Apple TV. It's like a like a Big Mac, right? It's but Big Mac sized, but this is like a USB stick. It's got a little processor, the same like in the cell phone in it. That's and, amazing. Yeah. I don't know how any of that stuff works. I can barely get the TV I have to work. It's because I was watching some fights the other day on ESPN3. And I don't know if you knew this, but ESPN3 is not really a, a, a station. It's a, it's a website. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's ESPN1 and ESPN2. Those are both on TV. But ESPN3 is like a website. So they had glory fights on ESPN3. We got an issue here? Young Jamie's in here. There must be an issue. <laughs> um ESPN3, I had to watch the fights on ESPN3 because they were on UFC Fight Pass had glory on up until this one fight and then from that one fight on, it was all on ESPN3. So I had it on my laptop and then I said, well, oh, I don't have a fucking Apple laptop anymore. Now I can't like shoot it directly to the Apple TV. And then I found out all you need is one of those little drives. You stick that sucker in your TV or you use your iPad. Yeah, I could oh, use Oh, that's use how that works. A little USB drive, and then you can do it right from your phone to your TV. Yeah. I just bought an antenna the other day just to see like what local channels I can get. Holy shit. Stress signals. 112. <laughs> I got 112 channels. They're all Mexican. And they have all the white people, it's just distress signals. Like yeah. the first episode of Fear the Walking Dead. They're like, I think I hear something. Help me. It's weird. Gunshot. Bang. There's one channel that just plays like Johnny Carson in like old shows from the 80s. Oh, good call. And then there's just like, yeah, there's Russian, Mexican, Korean. But it is weird just watching like all these free channels. That, that well, it ha- that was one of the things with radio. One of the things that happened with radio is in L.A. in particular, they would close down like when they closed down that FM talk station. There's an FM talk station and they closed it down and then a Mexican station popped up, I think. Uh, what was it, another talk show? Might pretty have, much might every FM station in LA is a very Mexican station. There's a lot of Mexican like morning radio shows. All and, of them. And they're, they yeah. all sound the same. There's always like some big Mexican guy and some like little tiny guy. It's always like hey, 88.7. 88.7. 88.7. 88.7. You sound Japanese. That's terrible. Oh, yeah. That's, that's a terrible that was Mexican an Asian accent. It's definitely not a, a Mexican. the worst racist ever. This is ever. a uh, super Mexican radio station. 
Shit. Shit. You're the worst Mexican of all time. Don't I, I, I eat. <laughs> <laughs> but I, when I would pass by these bus stops, like all over LA, you'd see these billboards that were for these stations that you're never going to listen to. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's this one neighborhood that uh, my ex gardener, I had an ex gardener who used to fight chickens. He was, uh, he was a funny dude, man. He came over here a couple times from Mexico. He snuck over here, worked over in America, and then snuck back, and then snuck back again. Wow. What do you mean he fought chickens? <laughs> he used to have chicken fights. Chicken fights. Oh, they, I would, thought you meant he It was, mo- it was really chickens. not really him in terms of he would go. <laughs> he would go, but the other people would actually um, fight the chickens. And it was like this thing where all the men in this community would go, and they all had these roosters. I mean, this, we went to this guy's place and went to check out his backyard. And he had, I don't know, a hundred rooster cages. And I'm not bullshitting. They were fucking stacked on top of each other. And then they had an arena. You'd go into the arena. It was like a little barn. And then it's like a little sunken in area that they had dug out and put like a little fence around. And that's where they would chuck the chickens in. And so they'd have two guys and they would handle the chickens and they put spurs on the chickens. So it's not just the chickens fight each other, but they put little razor blades on their feet. Whoa. Yeah. And then they bet on who wins the fight. And then when they win, like when, when you know, the, either one, both chickens are fucked. Like they're essentially dead. Like maybe if you're lucky, your chicken doesn't get totally fucked up. Are there chicken commentators? Someone like, and here we crow. <laughs> Something like that. You know what you I mean? Son of a bitch. <laughs> Fuck. And here you we can't help yourself. Crow. You can't help yourself. You're terrible. Bird fighting. Yeah, but it's apparently a huge thing in the Mexican community. Yeah. But it's interesting. Is like you remember when Michael Vick got in that big horrible situation when they found out that he was killing dogs and he had dog fights and you know this terrible thing he was executing dogs that shit is happening all throughout the south every day it's a huge part of their culture animal fights like dog fights but much more so chicken fights and chicken fights is a weird one where you kind of okay with it you know yeah like people people have a hierarchy of animals that they give a shit whether or not they're having a bad life and chickens are super low on that scale. It's sort of weird that the black people have dog fights and the Mexicans have chicken fights. You would think the black people would have oh, chicken geez. fights because then they could just have dinner afterwards. Oh. You know what I mean? Their favorite. Well, the Mexicans eat chickens too, dude. I don't know if <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Racist son of a bitch. But it, my but... Mexicans eat the dogs. <laughs> Your Mexicans eat sushi. <laughs> sushi served on a samurai sword. <laughs> my, my ex-girlfriend used to live like in like the ghetto part of Los Angeles and it was always so weird at like six in the morning how many like you heard like it was like a lot like that's crazy they just get used to it yeah it becomes like norm for the community right for someone to have uh, a fucking rooster and we were uh, tripping our balls off in joshua tree one night and it was like three or four a.m the sun was not out at all and there was one rooster that in the (laughs) middle of the night was like and we we were always out there a big group of comedians and us and we started fucking dying riffing about this like you know how out of control this chicken's life is where you know he's such an idiot that he's balking in the middle of the night all the other chickens are like there you look who's blowing his load early over here we're all on mushrooms just dying in this premature ejaculating basically chicken i wonder if he was blind and he was just like, didn't want anybody to know. So yeah, maybe his clock's figured, off. He took a nap earlier in the day. He would just jump the gun. Yeah. He'd be the guy who jumps the gun. He felt way too refreshed. Or maybe he felt that you guys were on mushrooms. And he's like, he could, they're going to eat us. Yeah. This is These people are crazy. Or the, we're wrong. on mushrooms and like, this will be hilarious. Oh, they'll love this. Watch this. Three in the morning bomb. Buck, buck, 
Yeah, maybe your very presence. Or maybe you guys are loud and you woke them up. Probably. We were laughing a lot. That that's desert, probably what it is. That's a fun You probably desert. got pissed. Yeah. It's probably like a dog barking, right? It's probably like a bunch of reasons why a, a, a chicken does that. Not just because they wake up, but also maybe because, fuck you, shut up. Yeah. I'm trying to sleep over here. It's not bad enough. I sleep with my feet on a stick. <laughs> Do they? Yeah. They perch. Oh. That's how they sleep. They climb up. We have these areas in my uh, chicken coop where they climb up and they put their feet down. And we have other areas where they like could go into a little chicken house and they could like go inside and there's like a little roof on the chicken house. They fucking never use it. They don't yeah. use that. They don't want to sit down. They want to like have their feet on something. They like to grab on something and hang on. Hmm. It's weird. So because they're used to perching, like in the wild, their their body's designed. We think of it as our feet. Well, if I had to hang by my hands, I'd be so fucking tired. Yeah. But their hands are so different. Like their feet are designed for that. Like it doesn't make them tired. That's an evolutionary advantage. They can live in trees. How many so, chickens do you have? Twenty three. Wow. I didn't know you had that many. Yeah, I have a gang of chickens. I eat fresh eggs like every day. How many eggs is twenty three a day? Depends on the time of year. Like this time of year, they're starting to they're they're making a lot of eggs because it's cold out and it's been raining. And when when there's less sunlight, um, they make more eggs. So do you throw a lot of eggs away, or do you just no no give them away? Give, give them away, away? yeah. Man. But I eat a lot of them. You know, if there's um, if there's twenty three of them, they might make ten eggs a day. And I probably eat five of those. Oh, wow. Maybe six. That's great. Yeah, I eat a lot of eggs. Everybody eats eggs. We eat eggs. And eggs are not bad for you. That's a, a fucking long-standing myth that someone concocted in the 1950s. And there was a New York Times article about it, if you're really interested. It's terrible. But um, the sugar companies, for not that much money, for what's like in American dollars today, like $50,000, they paid off a bunch of scientists to uh, fake these reports. And... Um, write reports saying that saturated fat was causing people to have heart disease and get overweight and all, when it was really sugar. What about cholesterol? It's not bad for you. Not only is cholesterol not bad for you, it depends on what kind of cholesterol. There's certain types of cholesterol that people have genetic propensities for that are not good. Okay. But there's LDL cholesterol, and then there's actually like different sizes of different LDL cholesterols, and some of it's actually good for you, and some of it's not good for you, and there's HDL cholesterol. But Dietary cholesterol, like eating dietary cholesterol, doesn't move. It doesn't move the blood lipids. It doesn't change. That's not what changes your cholesterol. It's like sedentary lifestyle and saturate and sugar and processed foods. Those things elevate cholesterol more than eating things with cholesterol. It's very strange. And then saturated fat. We all grew up thinking saturated fat was bad. That's why you have margarine, right? Margarine is fucking illegal now. Do you know that? Do you know trans fats are illegal now? No. Do you know trans fats, in the next three years, they have to remove them from food. They have three more years to take them out of food. They gave them like a grace period of three years so these companies can shift their manufacturing. What's what's some food that has trans fats that we all eat? Chips, a lot of like Doritos and shit. I don't know if Doritos, but Fritos. So find us some shit with trans fats in it. Yeah, so those are going to start tasting different soon. Yeah, they probably don't taste as good. Well, it it might taste better, honestly. The the thing is that people thought that like margarine was good for you margarine is fucking terrible for you yeah unsaturated fat is bad for you saturated fat is good for you that's how fucking stupid we are yeah (laughs) our whole lives we grew up with shitty information and a lot of it is because scientists were paid off by the sugar company there's a whole new york times article about it it's stunning 
you read it and you go, oh my God, this is like responsible for who knows how many millions of people making poor dietary choices and perhaps ruining the quality of their life, ruining the amount of energy they have, ruining the amount of inspiration they would have because their mm-hmm. body was fucking with them, causing all sorts of premature death and diseases. And it's not an exaggeration. This is like a subject that has been like gnawing at me for years now. It's, it's a crazy, crazy subject. Yeah, I've, I've sort of been talking about it lately. I graze upon it in my stand-up about how, like, uh, you know, fat's something that you need, and carbs, which is what makes you fat, is something yeah. that you don't need. But we call fat people fat, and that's insulting. That's why I don't call fat people fat. I call them carbs. The call, problem call it is, it is, like, carbs aren't even necessarily bad for you. It's sugar. Sugar is what's bad for you. And the issue isn't carbs, because carbs with fiber, like some carbs, like Ezekiel bread... It's not bad for you. And it's just amazing, though, like the marketing of it, though. You're right, because it's like you're taught that sugar is sweet and sugar is good and give your kids candy on Halloween and sugar, sugar, sugar. And then we call fat people fat. That's the part that's weird. Well, what's weird is if you see those photos that you saw a long time ago from like uh, the 1920s and the 1930s, you don't see anyone fat. You see these people walking around and everyone looks slender. Yeah, I mean it's super rare where you see like a Jackie Gleason type character. Sweden yeah. too. When yeah. we were in Sweden, yeah, even the pregnant women were skinny. Yeah, it's because America has let these assholes put all kinds of fucked up shit that tastes great but is hugely bad for you, mm-hmm. and they've put it all throughout our food. And they did it when we were growing up. I mean, come on, man. We all ate Lucky Charms. We all ate Cocoa Puffs and fucking. I used to love Captain Crunch. Mm-hmm. That shit the is berries. straight sugar. I would eat a whole bowl of that, like a giant. Do you know they sell just the berries now as a cereal? Oh, God. (laughs) That's insane. They're not even going to pretend. Fuck all that crunchy shit. Just marshmallows and milk. Trans fats? Yes. uh, Cakes, pies, and cookies, especially with frosting. Oh, too bad. Those like Hostess apple pies, those awesome Hostess pies. Microwave popcorn. Microwave popcorn as trans fats? Frozen pizza. Holy shit. Donuts, fried fast foods, cream-filled candy. Crackers, breakfast sandwiches, Jesus. biscuits. Breakfast sandwiches? Yeah. Why breakfast sandwiches? Yeah, this yeah but is what about the, like Big Macs? I mean, um, Clinic. Not Big Macs. I mean, what about like McGriddles? Because just because you said that, uh, I want one on the I way had, home. I had one two days ago. <laughs> <laughs> I want one right now. It says they typically contain le- uh, at least one gram of trans fats. Take a close look at the ingredients, and you're likely to find partially hydrogenated oils in the top five. See, we used to think that that was good. Partially hydrogenated soy oil. Because it's partial. Yeah. <laughs> or partially hydrogenated yeah. corn oil. It's just a little. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> we used to think that that was good. People would prefer that. You would think you were making the healthy choice by choosing that. Motherfuckers. It says if refrigerated or frozen dough produces a texture that seems too good to be true, it probably is. God damn it. Yeah, you got to make it fresh. And that's probably what's in like vegan ice cream and shit to make it all mushy. Oh, fuck yeah. Oh. Yeah, whatever they did to make vegan stuff good, they did it. Because towards the end there, I'm telling you, the vegan stuff was pretty good. Oh, when, a, I, when I was doing it, like the taste of it was amazing. There's a lot of really good vegan chefs yeah. out there that know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. You know, there's a place called Follow Your Heart. It's like this cool little place in the valley that you can go and get these um, vegan pancakes. They're like vegan buckwheat mm. pancakes. God damn, they're yeah. good. You'd a, have no idea there's no eggs in there. Yeah. Or milk. 
there's a place at the 101 and uh, Barham. Same thing. Vegan pancakes that are banana blueberries, and you can taste every fucking real blueberry. It's mm-hmm. just one of those things. Yeah, they, they make some pretty decent, like, vegan sandwich meat type products, you know? But the thing about that is they're kind of processed. You totally. Know? I mean, there's a lot of preservatives and that stuff. It's Just because something's vegan doesn't mean it's necessarily good for you, because Oreos are vegan, too. And I'm telling you, it's very true, because, you know, I was a vegan for five years, and then my diet fucking completely changed. I mean, just steak every day for lunch at some point whether it's in a sandwich and a bowl of pho whatever it is you know what i mean that's what how was you the say reason it, right? what was the reason why you decided to make a shift um a lot of it was just like i was just is more gaunt than i am now i just couldn't keep up I, my, my schedule got busy and i just it wasn't that good at it and it's impossible to do on the road it's impossible and i did it i was eating fucking uh, the bare minimums like french fries and you end up out there and you got nothing even if you go french fries though, a lot of times that's boiled in beef fat. yeah no yeah i know All i mean it's just ones a, are boiled in beef fat yeah it's like a, it was just a nightmare but i mean it was also you know, at the time I had a really, you know, cool, smart girlfriend who was vegan and was cooking amazing stuff, fucking vegan enchiladas once a week that were just mind blowing and all this stuff. So it was sort of easy for me. And at the time, you know, I was just looking for anything to help. And what was the day that you did it? Why did you do it? I know you had a lot of influence. We were going to a lot of great steakhouses. It wasn't long after I started working with you and I'm just watching you eat a steak and then, you know, you're, you know, and I'm, I wasn't, I, I, my energy levels have completely changed. I go to the gym every day now, pretty much, you know, six, five, six days a week and knock something out. And it's, I just wasn't like that before. But isn't it funny? But if, if I brought this up to you while you were a vegan, you would just be raving about how much energy you have and how healthy you are. Like that's one thing that people always do, no matter what they're doing. I mean, I'm guilty of it myself. When you're doing something, you want to promote whatever that thing is because you want other people to do it. So you start ranting and raving about how great it is. And it was for a while because, and I thought that it was that, but it also probably had a lot to do with the timing of everything was I started making money for the first time in comedy around that very same time when I started dating that vegan girl. That was the beginning of the five years of that. Like it was like when I started getting to do the road a lot with like Jeff Ross back then and I started writing on the roast back then and I had a little bit of money and things were going good. So I think that that played a lot into my like energy and just feeling good overall was, you know, being able to survive. Was the first place, did you go to Fogo de Chao or something? Is that yeah. what you did? Yeah. yeah. You guys all went? Yeah. So you were there, you saw his first bite Oh yeah, I, I think I bought your meal. <laughs> I was happy. It was like a holiday for me. Cause it was, I, it was awful having like your friend and especially being on the road and then you just wanted to go to an awesome restaurant and then I don't know about these options that we have here. I was never that way. Kind of. No, I was never that way. You would always make a thing about it before I did. Are you able to eat here? Like, and I never had a problem. Mm but it's all good. The point is, is that that first day, even after Fogut de Chow, remember I was like a fucking pit bull after that. Like oh, yeah. uh, that yeah, night, you called me up screaming. <laughs> yeah. That night I was, I ate me. <laughs> I'm eating beet now. I'm a different person. It felt I'm like what the um, fuck happened to Tony? It was, I've never done like real steroids, but I'd imagine that's exact. I felt like a fucking animal. Man. Dude, you still have, you haven't had elk yet. No, I've never. Oh my God. In the, the, when we set up, I'm getting a new grill. I'm getting a new Yoder grill, and I'm putting my old one at the studio. And when I'm setting up at the studio, because you know I have um, the freezers back there, I'm going to grill some steaks Great. at the studio. 
you got to eat it. I mean, you're, you're, you're going to feel, you're going to feel another bump above where you're at now. Like I used to watch Ted Nugent and I'm just like, where's this crazy fucker get all his energy? Yeah. Cause he's crazy as shit. Right. And he's yelling and screaming. But, and then he's like, he's like 70 something years old. And I'm like, how does, how does he have so much goddamn energy? And then I saw his, he had this uh, interview once where he's cooking this steak, this deer steak. This is years ago. It's probably one of the things that is before I ever hunted. One of the things that put into my head, uh, the idea of hunting and he was sh- cutting up this piece of meat and showing like how red and dark it was and talking about how many nutrients it, it, there was in it and how much more nutritious and healthy it is than store-bought meat that has hormones in it and antibiotics and all this jazz and i remember thinking that motherfucker's probably right mm-hmm. and then the first time i ate deer meat from a, an animal that i shot and i, I was sitting there eating it, and i was like god damn it i feel it yeah like you can feel it's like a why it's do like you an extra charge to it why do you think that is do you know really healthy animals yeah if you if you eat a deer you're eating a wild sprinter i mean it's a wild sprinting machine that's trying to get away from eating machines wow. eating machines that literally want to tear it apart uh, like that's its life it's like what was that noise if you see a deer in the wild and just constantly like, what's going on over here? Oh, what's shit. going? They bounce every now and then. They yeah. scare each other, and then they have to fucking chill and is, come back. Is there a restaurant, at least in Los Angeles, that no. serves deer? Like even that place in Calabasas, Why like is the wood. That? Well, you can get some places that serve it, but if, here's what's ironic: most of the stuff that they serve comes from New Zealand. Most of the venison that you buy comes from New Zealand, and New, Ze- New Zealand's a trip, man, because New Zealand is this gorgeous island i want to visit new zealand just to look around because also because it's like where they filmed the hobbit and it's like you look at those scenes those landscapes when they when you watch the hobbit you go my god where is this like but it's real in new zealand my my friend remy is a hunting guide remy warren he's been on the podcast before and um he goes to new zealand once a year and guides people over in new zealand he sent me some pictures of like what it looks like there i just i don't even want to go there to hunt I want to go there just as a vacation just to see what it's like because it's supposed to be just stunning to look at. Waterfalls and everything's green and lush. But here's what's fucked up about it. It didn't have any animals on it. These people from England came over to New Zealand and put all these animals there. So there was very little local wildlife. And the local wildlife they had was so fucked up, they wind up killing off a bunch of them. They used to have an eagle there. It's called, I think it's called the Haas Eagle that had a 14-foot wingspan. And they think it hunted people. Whoa. They think it's one of the reasons why they exterminated that thing. Mm, wow. Yes. Oh, my What God. in the fuck? How cool is Jay, that? Double check my math. I'm pretty sure it's 14 <laughs> feet long. But it's way bigger than the biggest eagle we have today. Way bigger. It was the biggest eagle ever. And there was a lot of speculation that it preyed on humans. But New Zealand has no predators. So New Zealand has like all these elk and deer and every, and a lot of them are like fenced in. And then they slaughter them and send the meat back to America. What? They send it all over the world. Oh, Haas eagle, H A S A H A A S eagle. So it's be- an extinct eagle from New Zealand. I think it only lived on New Zealand, as far it's, as we know. Uh, two to three meters. That's about three n- meters. That's nine that's nine feet. I'm shit. full of shit. God damn it! I thought it was fourteen feet. I think go, find something else because I swear to God, something said that it was bigger than that. You know what? We did this on the podcast before. We went over this on the podcast. There was an episode where I said, oh, I thought it was bigger than that. And then we found out other places did say it was bigger than that. Now I remember. Okay. See, see if you can find one that corroborates my shitbag memory. What should we do with this thing? Oh, dude, I'm all vape pens these days. You don't want to smoke a little? 
So if you don't have predators, like they don't have bears or wolves. They have nothing. They have nothing. So these goddamn things are everywhere, and they 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 slaughter them. They they get so bad that sometimes they have to shoot them out of helicopters. Don't they have pandas like they overpopulate there? areas? So they fly over these areas and gun down these stags with helicopters and leave them to rot. What do panda bears eat? Like eucalyptus leaves. leaves? That's weird, right? Yeah, they're vegetarians, right? Panda yeah, bears? pretty much. They do a lot of raping, though. Panda bears, apparently, they rape the fuck out of each other. I'm not pandas. I'm thinking of koalas. Koalas? Koalas are the eucalyptus. We are, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that you said that, because yeah. we thought that. <laughs> but, um, so anyway, New Zealand is, um, so wild game meat that you get. If you go to a restaurant and you have, like, elk, you buy elk today, most likely you're getting it from New Zealand. What was that one meat that you gave me one time? It was cooked. Uh, it was like the best meat I've ever had in my life. That was wild boar. Boar. Yeah, that was smoked boar. Oh, my God. Yeah. That yeah. was I, – I remember thinking there's nothing I've ever tasted that was that good. Yeah, well, it tastes different than anything. I cooked it for my kids the other day, and my wife was saying what, while we're eating it – sure, I'll take a hit of that. She's like, this does not taste like any other kind of meat. Because it's, it's a you're eating a, a a wild animal. It's struggling and surviving. And, and then, eating acorns and shit. It was like dark pig, pig times two. You know, it was like pig like a like a form of bacon. Huh? Yeah, it was amazing. What's, it's what? a dark meat. Why don't it's they serve white. that in restaurants? Because you gotta you gotta kill them. Wow. You'd gotta go out. You'd have to go out and hunt them and kill them. There should be and, like. But there's weird laws about that. There's weird laws in this country about wild game, and it's those are good laws because the reason why they establish these laws is because in the 1800s we had almost no animals left because of market hunting. What market hunting is is after the Civil War, and actually even before that, you know they didn't have refrigerators, man, and so if you wanted meat, you had to get it pretty fresh. It had to kind of be killed like within the last couple of days, and so what they would do is they would go to these um, uh, soldiers who had come back from the war and really didn't have anything to do. And these guys would get hired by these meat companies, and they would just go out and shoot buffalo and elk and deer. And at a certain point in time, they had almost eradicated all of the wild game animals in this country that you know today. Like wild deer, there was almost no deer left in the early 1800s. In the early 1900s, at the turn of the century, you would be super lucky if you saw a deer. If you went deer hunting, you'd be super lucky if you saw a deer, and they wouldn't be a big deer. Everybody just went. Everybody just went buck wild on them. Ah, I knew it was coming. He prepared <laughs> so himself. Stupid. There should be a subscription box service that lets you order hunting meat. No, 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 no. You, this, you're, not, you're getting me wrong. I just explained that. You can't sell it because of that. Market hunting wiped out all those animals because they sold them. Oh. So they made laws, established laws that say you cannot sell wild game. Oh. So if you go to public land, and there's a good percentage of the hunting that's done in the United States at least is done on public land. And what that means is Freddie Roosevelt uh, or uh, Theodore Roosevelt in his uh, wisdom realized that we have all this incredible land in uh, the United States. Who's Freddie? Is his brother Freddie Roosevelt? Freddie, <laughs> you're thinking it's of Teddy. Jeff. I know I am, but I'm thinking. Jeff I said Freddie Roosevelt There's first. Franklin, but I was thinking of Franklin um, and Teddy. Yeah, yeah, the- Theodore Roosevelt. Um, oh. But f- was it Franklin Roosevelt? Who who did established? The same, right? They're two different Roosevelts. No, Teddy and Theo is the same, right? No, yeah, that's the same. Teddy, no, but Freddie Franklin. Franklin. Franklin, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Yeah, it's a different person. Yeah. Different. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When was he president? Uh, Theodore Roosevelt's the guy who set it all up. Anyway, Theodore Roosevelt set up conservation for like, I'm good, dude. 1933. 
43 to 45. Which one is that? Franklin. Franklin. Oh, so Teddy Roosevelt, the original. That's why they yeah. call the teddy bear the teddy so bear. He established things like um, like um, Yellowstone. Like when you go to Yellowstone, that's all because of those guys, like in the people in his era. They, they looked at all this amazing land and they realized, like, we can't let this go away. Like, this is really important. Like, we got to keep this public. We got to keep this. We got to figure out a way where everyone can go and enjoy this and not have someone just put a fence around it and make it impossible for people to traverse. So they set up all these public lands in this country that, that are, it's really rare. You don't have these giant chunks of land that no one can buy or, or sell. In this country, we do. It's really, really rare in other countries. What are some of the other animals that taste good that we don't ever get to eat? Boar, elk? Boar and elk are prime. Parrot. Elk is probably the best meat you'll ever have in your life. It's, it tastes so much better than beef. It's just, it's just a, a pure meat. It's pure. And you're eating an animal that's eating what it's supposed to eat, too. It's a healthy animal that's in the prime of its life. So you can really only get it if you hunt it. The only way. Or if you have a friend that's a hunter. The only way. The only way. Wow. Yeah, it's the only way. It's so weird. Yeah. It is weird. It, it's weird because that's what we should be eating. I mean, it's so un-American to not be able to buy something. No, 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 You can't because we would wipe it out. Right. It's smart. We would wipe it out. But what if a farm raised no, like No, no, no. It wouldn't be wild anymore then. Not only that, when they do that, and they have done that, they do raise wild ones, or, and they put them in these pens, right. and they put fences around them. The problem is deer are not supposed to be eating all of the same spot, and when they do, they develop diseases, and they don't have immune systems for them. Uh-huh. So so they developed something called chronic wasting disease. So it was a giant issue in a lot of parts of the Midwest where they took these animals, and this is just speculation. They don't exactly know what caused this chronic wasting disease, but it didn't exist before these farm systems where they would grow these deer in these pens. And so these put these high fence operations up, these giant chain link fences. The deer can't get out. They're all stuck in there. And they would feed them. And when you feed these deer, they'd be eating each other's saliva. And they would develop all these diseases they never developed before because they were grass eaters. They're supposed to be out there eating wild vegetation. That's what they're supposed to be eating, sage and grasses and all the different things that you see like, you know, when you see a a buffalo roaming in a field. That's what they're supposed to be eating, man. But we, in our wisdom, have realized, oh, we can get these fuckers fatter if we just stick them in this thing and make them eat corn. And so that's what fucked up our food in this country. It's what it's the same thing that fucked up the the production of uh, processed foods with all the sugar. It's the same goddamn wisdom. I don't think we're far away though for having like cloning food, being able to like, hey, we can make food nowadays. No, they can do it and, now. It's really expensive, is, but is, they can do it. Yeah. Do you think though it's not far away that where you could actually buy a certain like you go to the grocery store? This is fake food. Uh, but you can buy the, like boar and all the the game. That it probably we- won't taste the same for the same reason why a cow doesn't taste the same if it eats grass. Like if you give a cow grass, it becomes this different animal. If you give a cow corn, it becomes this fatty, lighter colored animal. It, a lot of people think it's more delicious. A lot of people like that better. They like corn fed better. Include Anthony Bourdain. He likes the corn fed beef. You know, he really does. He says I really like a fatty steak, but. He's also a chef, you know. He knows how to cook it perfectly and how to manipulate that fat and, you know, marble it perfectly or uh, cook it perfectly, rather. The marbling and all that stuff. You've gotten to hang out with him, huh? Yeah, a couple times. Went hunting with him. Does he love his life as much as I think he should? (laughs) He has the best job in the world, according to him. Yeah. You know? So it did you guys have a, the world did you guys me, have a best me. job in the world off with each other? No, no, seems no, like no. you two would. <laughs> well, it wouldn't. You're like two of the only people that I know that really, really like. Seems like you guys should. I, I mean, I know you do. I don't know him, but I, I've always hoped. Like, man, I hope he fucking knows what he's doing is 
everybody's dream job. Oh, for sure. He yeah. knows. And I know too. Yeah. I, I definitely know that I have dream jobs, but my dream job's different than his dream job. We just right. both have dream jobs. But you guys found yes. your own dream jobs is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Like his dream job. Absolutely. 100% is doing what he does. He fucking loves it, man. And you know, He's also like super into jujitsu now, which is really weird. So everywhere he goes, he's more into jujitsu than I ever was. He trains every day, every fucking day. Wasn't I, his I never lady every day? Wasn't yes. his lady? But they got divorced. Yeah. But he's still like, but they're super good friends. They That's just good. lived separate. Like he's on the road all the time. But they have a kid together, and they're really close, and they raise the kid together. And it's like it's not a bad situation at all. He's a great guy. He's a very, very, very smart guy. And very real guy, you know, he's very, I mean, he just found something in jujitsu and just pursued it and he's getting a reward out of it and he chases it down. He's like, he goes to these places, man. He's just sucking this world up, you know? Yeah. Whether he's in Jamaica or China or anywhere he's going, he's just sucking these places up. He's just pulling them in and writing about them and talking about them and experiencing them. And you get that from the show. Yeah. It's a fucking powerful show, man. It really fucking is because he's somehow able to really tap into that culture as fast as possible. Like Mm -hmm. whoever those producers are that are doing like, you know, there's a whole thing that has to go into that. It's not like Anthony's calling places in Cuba. You know what I mean? So whoever's producing that and doing that research and, he makes every little bite yeah. look unbelievable. Like His you- company's called 0.0, and they're the same company that produces Meat Eater. The same show, or uh, same production company that uh, produces those two amazing shows. So they, they know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. They, they make great stuff. It's amazing. Yeah, it's um, and again for him that's his dream job. Me, I'd be like, get me the fuck out of right. my home. Yeah. I don't like traveling that much. I mean, I travel plenty. And um, I'm home for a lot lately. I'm home more now than ever before, and I like it a lot better. And I'm not working less. I'm working just as much. I'm getting a lot of shit done. But all that air travel and all that stuff, that, sh- that is bullshit. Yeah. You're working smarter. Yeah. Yep. But I just realized, like, there's a way to do this. And another thing that helped f- fucking tremendously is coming back to the store. Because I'm working on shit all the time. I'm, I did four sets here the other night. On last Thursday, I did four sets. And I'm like, I can do four sets on a Thursday night at the same goddamn club. Yeah. I don't need to go anywhere. Like I do eventually. I mean, I do like to do the road. I do like to, but even the road, like when I'm doing the road, I'm doing less theaters than ever. Cause I'm like, uh, I have more fun at clubs. Like it's, I like 300 people. Yeah. That's what I like. And you get more work done by doing more sets. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You get more work done by doing more sets, but also the experience. You're not going to get as much money, but the experience is a different experience. It's a better experience. It's more yeah. fun. It's more stand-up. You're connected to those people. Mm-hmm. Whereas those theaters, a lot of it is really fun. You know, like New Year's was a fucking blast, yeah, right? Yeah. But a lot of it is a show. It's a big-ass show. Big lighting change. Thousands of people there, you know? A lot of it, you're paying for that that pop that happens when the lighting change happens and the show's about to start. You know what I mean? Well, you just paying for all that energy because you don't get that. You get always a cheesy thing. Usually at a comedy club coming Mm -hmm. up next week at the chuckle hut. You know what I mean? Almost every decent parking validation available. They they always have weird announcements. Is there a chuckle hut by the way? Must be. I don't think so. Right? That would suck because that's like the, the bun of everyone's jokes. <laughs> yeah. You know? like, what do they say? Everybody like, says on, Uncle Fucker's Chuckle Hut, right? That's like what everybody says. I don't know. I've just yeah. always Chuckle Hut is like what I picture like mm. the worst comedy club to sound like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Going in. Whoa. 
Yeah, man, those things are so important, though. The, without those clubs, like I, I've had this conversation with club owners before to like th- give my thanks because I, I think there's a lot, there's a combative relationship that happens between a lot of comics and club owners. You know, oh, they're trying to fuck us, and because everybody has a story, right? Everybody has a story where a club owner fucked you over or something happened. Everybody has a story, and so. In the beginning, it's hard to get booked, so you develop this sort of contentious relationship with them in the first place because they don't want to use you because you're not really that good. Then things start going for you, and then you start selling tickets, and then you think they're not giving you enough because you sell too many tickets. Then eventually you realize somewhere along the line, I think hopefully eventually, I did at least, that you fucking need those people. Like Without them, there's no art form. Like we need a place to practice. This isn't like music. This isn't like writing. Like we have to go in front of those fucking people, and we're not going to do it ourselves. Yeah, you know, we're just the especially the funny ones. You think Louis C.K. is going to open up a comedy cl- comedy club? Any any Bill Burr? Bill Burr going to open up a fucking laugh factory? No. no. Are you? You going to open up a comedy club? No. 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 No one is. Uh-uh. So you need those fucking people. Yeah, it's crazy because like you know without. And it's also amazing how each club has their own different vibe and totally different DNA. There's no, I mean, other than the improvs, which, you know, are the improvs. And that's like a super corporate structure. Yeah. Figured out a way to make them all feel the same. And I don't think that's, and I don't like that. I mean, it's okay. I enjoy my time in the Southern California improvs when I perform there, but like, here's the thing though it's not bad it's not a bad feeling like if you go to do the tempe improv even though it feels like all the improvs it's a fucking great club yeah same thing with all of them they they figured out how to do it right because you go to every place it's almost all the same experience it's a good experience yeah and then it just they leave it up to the stand-up so they have everything down in between but it feels very different than say if you go to zany's in nashville exactly that's a club that's been in that form for 30 years or something like that it's an amazing spot there's ancient headshots in the world on the wall where half the people are dead yeah you know love that club that's a different vibe right or the ice house that's a totally different vibe that's a non-corporate vibe that's like a holy shit look at this gym you know i love that place so much god's the best zany's in chicago oh portland helium denver comedy works oh all those places helium in philly yeah yeah all those clubs are like these almost like a mom and pop organization if you had to look at it that way because they're they're a small business it's a small business that caters to live comedy without it we're fucked look what happened in houston the laugh stop in river oaks closed down in houston and so did the scene i mean i know there's some guys out there and i don't want them to feel bad that i'm shitting on i'm not shitting on houston there's a lot of great comics that came out of there you know a lot of our friends came out of there maddie kirsch um but th- what happened was they had this powerful fucking scene it was like uh everybody thought about you thought about la you thought about new york you thought about boston and san francisco and you thought about fucking houston houston was a real scene man they had kinnison and hicks and it was like they had a whole thing going on and when we came along i came along and i started working there in the late 90s and it was still echoing it was like they had, the, hicks was dead kinnison was dead but there was like this bong, just the, the last reverberations of the echoes of that crew, Jimmy Pineapple and all these guys that came through with him and uh, the outlaws of comedy that they used to call themselves. And they were like looking for the next ones. Was there an Austin scene back then? Yes, there was, there was always a scene, a very smart scene. Austin's always been thought of as like a, a smart 
place, you know, like because the university's there and it's like a real liberal town, a smart town. The Velveeta Room came along. I don't know when they were, when did they start out? I tell you what, though, Houston's got a new up and coming. Uh, that that new club that opened up, the Secret Group. Yeah. It, it, when did it, they open up? Uh, just this year. We excellent. Yeah, yeah, it was amazing. They did an entire festival in like it's this multi-roomed like super warehouse, and they have an outdoor parking lot, and they put a huge outdoor tent. So we were doing like Kill Tony in one room while Joey and you know sold out big ass warehouse like a fucking rave version Whoa. of Kill Tony, yeah. and outside in this big open field under a huge tent, Joey. D has just fucking ripping. <laughs> I mean, this place has I mean, so many rooms, and I, I, I it believe it's a bunch of comics that got together and bought it. Yeah. So, so they, they have a club too. It's yeah. called the Secret Group. And See, it, that's perfect. So and the, with a bomb ass huge green room in the middle, like off, you know. But everybody's going to di- di- there's Beautiful. different shows, different rooms. That sort of proves my point that you need a club. Yeah. Because the, the the Houston scene, they opened up an improv there, but you know, with improvs, the same thing we were talking about. It's a corporate environment. It's a totally different thing. You're not going to have a bunch people hanging around they probably don't have an open mic night if they do it's probably not that big of a deal and it's hard to get work like one of the things about the really good places is you can actually start out there and then work you know like uh, comedy works like wendy has a whole system you start out there as a open micer you develop your act then they let you MC on shows they teach you how to bring people up they teach you how to middle then you learn how to headline and then all of a sudden you're on the road like you can actually become a comic and you can get paid there. She has like local headliners that, that started out in her club that will come down there and do a week and sell tickets. Like people know who they are, people in the town. She's a beast. Yeah, man, you need a club, man. You need a club and you need club owners, you know. Look, look at this place. Yeah, the greatest of all time. We've got to paint this room black because we're going to do more of these. We're going to paint these room black. And I'm going to put blue LEDs behind the comedy store like like a Mexican's lowrider. You know yeah. how they have those things hey, lit up? I tell you what, uh, you know Hugh? Uh, I think it's Philips Hue. Uh, you can get a lot of light bulbs and then control it with apps and change right. all the different colors. They have the new Light Lightstrip Pro 2s, uh, which are so bright, but it can change any color you want. You just sit there and go, like, I want mm. purple behind the comedy store right now. Interesting. It's great. Check it out. I think it should be blue, though. For whatever blue. reason, you, you make it anything you want. Leave it blue. I'm just could thinking about red. putting. If you have a black wall with the red behind it, it's could be. got that's that red sweet. pop on it. Yeah, that'd be the comedy might be it. That's yeah. the move, yeah. right? Because that's the light. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we put the light on when we're going to end the podcast. Mm-hmm. That's Ooh. like the red light. Like, Ooh. oh my God, the light is on. That yeah, means oh, the shit. time is to wrap it up. <gasps> we found it. That's it. That's what we're going to do. Okay, so <laughs> that sign, we'll put a red LED light behind it. We're going to paint this whole room black. And we got to get rid of the the interrogation lighting. Yeah. This oh, is yeah. Like, serious. This is horrible. This is Tell like, me the codes. This is first 48. <laughs> this is that room where people fuck up. Don't talk. Even when they're guilty, I'm like, keep your mouth shut. Why do I feel Hold like your some bones, guy's going to walk in and put a cigarette out of my forehead right now? <laughs> Whenever I watch those videos, you're going to tell the damn truth, son. I always watch those videos and I hope those guys lie. I hope they do a good job. I'm like, come on, you can get out of this. That's when you get out of You know, I mean, I, did I tell you this? That I've been watching those videos lately, real interrogation videos. Like, oh, yeah. it's interesting as fuck to me. Oh, yeah. Because either they break or they don't break. Yeah. And, you know. Very rare they don't break. But when they don't break, you have to be really worried. But it's also, those are fucking sociopaths. That's exactly the interesting thing. It's yeah. like when they don't break, you're even more amazed. Like, oh, you evil motherfucker, just yeah. able to stay so calm. You got to look some of these up, man. Well, my favorite is, is when they admit to a little bit of a lie. And then they have to correct their story. 
And then you see them like four hours later, and they just beat these dudes down. They keep talking to them hour after hour after hour, which should be, by the way, totally illegal. Because you leave me in a room for fucking six hours. If I think that I'm going to get to a bed in six hours, I'll start confessing to shit. Like, that's what people do. Like, yeah, okay, I fucking stabbed him. Can I go to sleep now? Like, My plane uh, yesterday got stuck on the tarmac in San Francisco. Was it Delta? Yeah, it was, it, oh, but it, has, it had nothing to do with Delta. It was a, there was a ground stoppage for the first time in a very long time at LAX, which means any flights that are about to leave from anywhere automatically delayed until further notice because they were the, because of weather, they were at full ground stoppage oh. and about the interrogation thing. I'm on the tarmac. The, the delay was four hours and I was literally fighting back tears. I was breaking as a human. Yeah. You were crying about the rain. You were upstairs crying about the rain during Kill Tony. I We've mean, had a massive drought. People are dying. There's no water for the babies. Dying. I have an SUV. <laughs> I love the rain. Nobody's dying from this drought. Do you know how many people died just yesterday from hurricanes? Yeah. 18. Tornadoes, too. Or, yeah, maybe tornadoes. Maybe tornadoes, not hurricanes. Yeah. One of those. Yeah, Atlanta. Yeah. Atlanta got Del- fucked. Yeah. Hurricanes, they know it's coming. If you get fucked up by a hurricane, yeah. either you're really poor or you're really stupid. Yeah. Right? But if you get fucked up by a tornado, you just got shit locked. They said that 18 people died in Atlanta or whatever that was, but I looked it up and like 12 of them or 10, 16 something. There was a very high number of the people were all at one trailer park that basically just got like squished. Whoa. Yeah. I thought Dude. the stat was crazy because it was like whatever. I'm and I am just I'm trying to guess here, but out of the 18 people that died in Atlanta, 12 of them is my final answer on the guess, all from the same trailer park. And I was thinking, like, what the fuck had to happen to this trailer park? I didn't really get to figure it out. They didn't have much detail. Well, there's but- been some towns. I think I want to say Jasper, Missouri. Maybe that's one of those towns that was literally wiped off the map by yeah. tornadoes. Like tornadoes came in like a gigantic eraser. And you're talking about like hundreds of yards wide and just destroyed everything, just cleaned the entire top off, killed everyone that was there, yeah. and just threw the buildings through the air. There was nothing left. Annihilated the whole town. There's a before and after photo. It might not be Jasper. I forget what the name of this. The it's town probably is. Oklahoma, or Kansas City. That That's that. why it's. That uh, sounds about right. It's all in that same house. area. There's. But why am I saying Missouri though? Why am I saying Jasper, Missouri? I don't know. I don't know. I might be right. Jasper, Where, wherever the fuck it was that this happened, whatever this town was, um, I had no idea. I thought they would come down and just fuck up a few houses. I never knew they occasionally killed the whole town. <laughs> Twister was on at the hotel the other day. Remember that movie? Oh, so stupid movie. No, it was fucking does not cool, hold man. Up. Does not hold it, up. It was pretty entertaining to me. How high were you? Very high. <laughs> I'll tell <laughs> no. you this: there was one part which I noticed in which I'm like, "Go fuck yourself." There was a part. There's a, remember the part where Helen Hunt gets out when all the balls drop out of the machine. She's like, "No, go ahead. I'm gonna put the balls back in the machine." <laughs> there's literally like an F5 tornado yeah, right next to that. So stupid, embarrassing. Really? How yeah. there are parts in old movies that just wreck it all Ruined, now. No. That one scene yeah. is so unbelievable yeah. now yeah. for some reason that it ruins the whole entire movie. Yeah, no, it wasn't Jasper. Yeah, it was a it was Oklahoma. A, yeah, it was an F category five hurricane. Yeah, those F fives are the ones. Catastrophic damage. Yeah, I was so obsessed with uh, and afraid. I was deathly afraid of tornadoes when I was a kid. There was a whole period for a few years where okay, it's Joplin, Joplin, Missouri. That's where I fucked up. But look, that's the town. Whoa. Whoa. Not Jasper, Joplin. If you look at it, there is nothing. It is annihilated. It's fucking crazy. And that was an F5? 
that was uh, like as high as it gets. Yeah. I think. Right? Two, is that as high as it gets? Yeah, yeah. five's the one. Two point two billion dollars in damage. Holy wow. shit. Two point two billion dollars in damage. That is insane. Did you see that house for sale in Los Angeles is like the most expensive house in ever where it oh, comes is that to, the one in bel air that's yeah, like 500 yeah. million bucks and it comes crazy. with a helicopter and a car a classic car collection <laughs> i don't know if it comes Better. with that it does i promise you really yeah no so jamie, it doesn't. jamie could tell you it, it comes with a helicopter it's not a real house though look at this it's town. A house based like because it's got all the things that are a house but it's not made for people to live in it's like a party place so it's for someone who doesn't even want to live here yeah, yeah i come they, for one weekend I mean, how many ba- bathrooms does it have? It has like Bring. 26 bathrooms in one. That's awesome. awesome. Bring the bitches. Oh, Look. my God. Isn't it weird that a car survived, but not the whole ta- s- town? It's you incredible. <laughs> it looks like, bathroom. for those of you that can't see the image of Joplin, it looks like the inside of old uh, pencil sharpeners. Yeah, I mean, it's like just sticks. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's insane. This house comes with a $30 million car collection, too. $30 million car collection. Oh, the house it's a bargain. So then what's that number for? It doesn't make any sense. They're saying like, how much for a weekend? It also comes with seven full-time staffers to help tend the two masters. You own them? You own them? I own the staff? I can fuck. Yes or no? I can fuck the staff? I want to fuck staff. Get me a staff I can fuck. Yeah, there's definitely got to have some hookers. Can you Airbnb? What's the Airbnb on this place for the night? A lot. Too much for you. <laughs> Stop. Comes with all the pussy you want. <laughs> Tony spent the rest of his money on one night. One night at the Airbnb Dubai. <laughs> yeah. What is that? Dubai Airbnb? Airbnb. Because there's dudes out there that are balling so hard we don't know about it. You know, there's some royal family members that are worth trillions of dollars. Did you know that? When you hear about like the richest man in the world, you're like, wow, what's it like to have 90 billion? That's not the richest man in the world. It's not. The richest man in the world is a guy that you don't even know. Right. Those oil dudes. Like those dudes in, in Saudi Arabia and the Middle East that, you know, oligarchs. These, they, they have monarchies. They have these fucking g- gigantic piles of wealth that you can't even wrap your brain around. Trillions. Trillions. Thousands of billions. Really? Have you, you know this? Oh, I know this. Yes. Man thousands of billions do you know the story of the sultan of dubai uh-uh. a sultan of brunei rather no sultan of brunei um he would bring in gals and uh pay them like fifty thousand dollars a month just come on down and they would go for a few months make a quarter million bucks then fly home and they'd get all this jewelry and diamonds and shit and one little hooker ruined the whole party but she was they, they caught her with a laptop she's writing stories about it she wanted to write a book about her experience. So this dude, this is what he would do. He had a disco in his house, in one of his many houses, and uh, he would have it filled with all these girls that were making who knows how much money, just tens of thousands of dollars. And he would come out in his fucking gold underwear and just in slippers and just slide across the room like he was in that scene with Tom Cruise. What's that movie? Risky Business? Yeah. Where he nah, slides nah, 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 nah. in. He'd slide in like that in his gold underwear and just go eeny, meeny, miny, mo and just pick one out. And yeah. just fuck the shit out of him. And then the next day, do the same thing. And he'd do whatever he wants. And that chick wrote the story on it. One of them did. Wow. Yeah. And yeah. he was like, 
So what? I'm going back home. Do you think he home. wears a condom? Is that him? Yeah. That's really him? Yep, that's him. That's like Pat Reagan. He, a, does, he does the teeny, <laughs> meeny, miny, mo. that guy? To, that guy's totally covered in gold. Look at him. That guy's worth more money than you can, can I ever... Be one of, can I be one of these girls? Oh, my God. <laughs> Go away for 50000 I'm doing a gig in Dubai, guys, for a whole month. You just want to be the court jester. Go over there and you know, uh, crack some jokes. Man, that's fucking crazy. Uh, you think he wears a condom? No. No condom, right? Shut up. Yeah. Why would he do that? Yeah, exactly. He's just shooting loads into these gals. But then again, he's <laughs> opening himself up for possible dis- I wonder if well, they have to get tested. what? I bet he gets them tested. He puts them in catapults and shoots them in the air. What is that? His giant throne. His, one of them probably. Look at his throne. Oh, my God. That's insane. Look at him sit there, and he's covered with this thing that looks like something that belongs inside the pyramids. It looks like a sunglass hut in Glendale. It's Everything like- is gold, dude. Do you understand that that's real gold? Like everything is gold plated, everything real gold plated, everything and, and everywhere you look, gold, that, gold, 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 gold. That's his car, gold. That looks Whoa. like a, that looks like it's a cookies. The car, Dude. <laughs> it's, a cookie. it's a cookie car. <laughs> you mean a cake? Like a cake? Like, like a cake? That cake you would get for your birthday? Dude, so then that's all from oil money. Yeah, they have a different kind of money, man. It's a different level of money. See, we have this idea that like Bill Gates and Warren Buffett, right. shit the fuck out of here. Those guys yeah. are broke. Yeah. They're broke in comparison to this dude. Yeah. You know, like Donald Trump's worth $4 billion. That fucking guy is laughing. If you gave him only $4 billion, he would start crying. <laughs> if he found out all he has left is $4 billion, he'd go, what? <laughs> what? No. <laughs> he would fall to his knees. He would think, well, how has God cursed me? Yeah. With only $4 billion. His, his plane has that uh, a virtual floor so you can see what you're flying over. Of course oh it does. God, of cool. course it does. Hashtag wow. balling. Wow. Hashtag balling out of control. Like our ideas of wealth, how do, how do of I catastrophic get... wealth, we, we, we are so sheltered from the true catastrophic wealth. Because if we were really exposed to it and we really understood it and then we understood where it came from, we'd understand what the fuck is going on in the world and how bizarre the system of government we have that, that supports this and, and uh, allows this kind of shit to happen. Let me ask you a question. Please do. You're hanging out one day. All of a sudden your phone rings. Right? You're sitting there cutting up some elk and some jalapenos and you're slicing up some avocado late night. Your phone rings and all of a sudden you hear, Hello, Joe, it is me, the Sultan. I heard you talk about the podcast and I Dude. wanted to invite you over to uh, Saudi Arabia. I'll send I'd say, a first plane. of all, how many Ferraris do you have really? Because I heard you have 150 Ferraris. <laughs> How many Ferraris does he have? I might, I might, he might get mad at me for saying only 150. Probably might be a thousand Ferraris. Like for real, he's got one of the most ridiculous car collections the world has ever known. Uh, would you go visit him if he sent a plane for you? If he's like, I want to fly super, you out for a week. Got, uh, reported over 300 Ferraris. 300 Ferraris. Come out. We'll drive my Ferrari. We'll do a podcast even. I'll play it on the truth. I would love to, but I got a podcast with Bill Burr. I can't. Okay, Can't well, not uh, how many? Three hundred Ferraris. Says he's got over five thousand cars, and wow, three. It's a reported over three hundred Ferraris. So I don't, Damn, I don't he probably bought three hundred new ones. Jay Leno just killed himself. Oh, if you God. listen closely, Dude, Jay Leno's place is a fucking riot. Yeah, right. If you've never been, like, if you get a chance someday, and you know, like, uh, one day you get to be on Jay Leno's garage, if you get a sick car, get a custom car, or something like that, yeah. take it. Just to go there. Or next time I go, come with me. You'll yeah. free it's right in your neighborhood, man. Burbank Airbus. Yeah. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. He has eleven buildings, warehouses, filled with cars. 
Like I thought it was like a warehouse. I thought like Jay Leno's got this cool collection. It's a warehouse. It's filled with cars. Eh. No, it's eleven warehouses. And he can just jump in one and start it and you're driving they all work. it. Everyone works. They have mechanics. There's mechanics everywhere. They take care of everything. The whole thing is every every car is functional and he drives them all the time, including like these nineteen oh three tractors. He put these things, they have metal wheels. They didn't even have tires. So he had rubber put on the outside of the metal so he could drive them on the street and got them registered. They're death traps. There's no way he can stop. There's no way he can take a corner. I mean, it's the most ridiculous thing you've ever seen in the world, but he drives it. He drives all his cars around Burbank all the time. You always see him like in a fire truck or in like a lollipop. It's got to be crazy for him seeing Seinfeld doing comedians and cars getting coffee. And he's like, I really missed an opportunity on that one. You know, just like he's he's doing that. Like what he's doing is better. What what he's doing is better. I don't want to say it's better, but his show is really about the car. Whereas Seinfeld is like, the car is just like a set where the comic, you know, where Ricky Gervais can pretend that he's laughing hysterically. This, it's it's a prop, you know what I mean? Whereas with Jay Leno, like, I brought my Corvette on Jay Leno's show, and dude, that guy fucking loves cars. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's going over every little inch of the car. We're talking about this, we're talking about that. You see this glint in his eyes. He's talking about suspensions and tires and wheels and, you know, what what kind of power steering you're running and what are you doing for the interior? What The bolsters in the seats are these stock? These are are custom? Where are these coming from? He does that with every car, man. He fucking loves cars. So for him, it's not even about being funny. He doesn't give a shit if a whole show goes by where he doesn't crack a single joke. Right. He'll just talk about cars. I know. I've seen him host the Tonight Show. <laughs> Come on, get out. You son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. I was always more yourself. of a Letterman guy. He's way better doing this than anything yeah. he's ever done. That's great. And he and I had a conversation about it, you know, and he, he was like really honest about it. And he talked about it on my podcast, too. He's like, you know, I, I used to have these people on and I didn't give a fuck about what they were doing. I didn't know the band. You know, he's like, fuck, I'm 57 years old. I know this band. I don't know this band. He's like, I didn't care. But that's the job. The job was to be friendly, have these people out. He goes, now, he goes, I'm talking about what I love. These are, these cars are, he loves cars, man. You bring that guy a car and, you know, it's a, if it's especially like a hot rod or something like that, he just gets this spark in his eye, man. He just walks around them. He just has a D, almost as much as he has a love for comedy. I don't know if they're the same level, but it's like right about, it might, might love cars more. He really do. He might love cars more. Do you think he should dye his hair black? I don't give a fuck, dude. He's wearing jean shirts. Just He's worth like, $100 million. Just, just for like a, that guy's a year. Fuck. Just, He's got like 11 no. cars that are worth more than a million dollars. Man. They're all over the place in his, in his fucking garages. It's crazy. He's got these old Lamborghinis and shit, these old Ferraris. You look at him, you're like, what? He's got a car with a jet engine. And is it true? Like, what about the? Did I hear that he doesn't doesn't spend his Tonight Show money? Exactly, it's all from stand up, doing corporate gigs. Oh my god, it's all corporate gigs. You got to think a guy like that guy, the the fucking host of the Tonight Show. If you do a corporate gig, you can make like a ton of money. Like, I don't think people understand. He's probably making hundreds of thousands of dollars a gig. They're flying him out there in a private jet. He does the gig. He comes back. He does the Tonight Show. So he would leave the Tonight Show. The Tonight Show tapes during the daytime. He'd be done. He'd fly somewhere on his private jet, do some ridiculous corporate gig, make hundreds of thousands of dollars, and fly right back, and then do it again, and do it again, and do it again. And he's making millions of dollars a month doing that. Burbank Airport. Balling. Jay Leno's balling. 
man. When I had him on my podcast, he swore. He was telling crazy stories about when he worked with the mafia, and mafia people were threatening guys' life, these mobsters. Yeah, but did he ever hang out with the sultan? I don't think so. He never never put the slippers on, the golden underwear. And across I want to figure out how to make friends with this guy. I want to ride around in a gold car. <sighs> you yeah, think you do. Yeah, you don't want to be friends with somebody that's that powerful, because if you fuck up or you do something wrong... Then you have somebody that powerful Against, that's your enemy. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I, 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 there's this guy named Ike or whatever his name is that owns this, whatever, this thing. And I got scared. <laughs> why, would you, why would you say his name before any other description? Because <laughs> I've talked about it on Joe Rogan before. Oh. Remember, we used to do a show with him. Remember that really rich guy that had that? Oh, yeah, yeah, Let's yeah, not yeah. mention any names. <laughs> but it, it was scary because no. after yeah. like a while, you're like, you don't want... Somebody that wants to, is going to troll you for life that is that powerful and rich. And that's what it felt like with this guy. Like, oh, if I get on his side where I become like a, a Baba Booey or some kind of Howard Stern guy and he could just like fuck with me for the rest of my life, kind of like what they're doing upstairs at the Ding Dong show right now with Perry. They're, they're saying that Don's dead right now and they're fucking. Shh. He is dead though. Shh. What a Perry. He doesn't know internet. Listening to the live stream right now. But uh, well, listen, dude, you wouldn't be that guy. You're not that fucked up. But you know what I mean, though. I like, don't necessarily know what you mean, but I do know what you mean. I just don't think you're describing it in the best way. But right. yeah, don't make a enemy out of a crazy yeah. rich dude, like, like a super powerful guy. guy. They're almost scary to even know. Got it. I wonder what else the sultans do for fun, though. You know what I mean? Like Probably we get it. He wants. I'd love to know what that is. Like, I get the, like, I mean, I'm just saying, if he fucks on that level of eeny, meeny, miny fucking <laughs> mo, then what else is he doing for fun on that level that we can't imagine? Because that's how he fucks. So, how does he eat? You know what I mean? Like, imagine what he must walk into. Yeah. Well, you know, if his palace, if everything really is gold like that, his, his meals must be fucking spectacles. Insane. Must be wild uncomfortable chairs i bet though i bet he's got boar and elks just stacked to the ceiling i wonder what they eat I mean, who knows lobsters man. Well, any, anything they want you know i get it's, i bet it's one of those things where he probably has food shipped to him every day so he gets to choose what he wants and it's always fresh and they just get rid of what he doesn't eat i bet it's one of those deals because i bet when when you have that kind of money you would probably want to have like a full menu where you could pick from whatever you want, even if it was just you eating alone. He's probably one of those guys. So they have to fly in fish and is lobster and meat. And he's probably vegan. It's probably all like rice. Why would you say he's vegan? I don't know. He just seems like he would be vegan. Why would you think that a guy who fucks all those girls and lives in a gold palace would be vegan? Because you think he'd be like all healthy and lifestyle because he can afford it. Most people can't afford healthy lifestyle. It's not a healthy lifestyle. Yeah. It's, like, it's expensive to be vegan. They keep this guy pretty low-key, though, huh? Um, well, he keeps himself low-key, particularly yeah. now, after that uh, whole thing with that girl writing those that article or the book or whatever the fuck she was trying to write. After What's Ramadan, up? they have a three-day... I don't know if you would have called it a festival or something, but they allow... It says that 30,000 locals and visitors arrive each day to banquet at the royal family's palace. Wow, so thirty thousand feast for the know, locals, I suppose. After Ramadan, mm-hmm. so he's Muslim, so he probably eats things that are halal. So he he probably eats a lot of meat, whatever the fuck he wants. They have restrictions, so I don't think he's allowed to eat pork. So he's probably not eating boar. 
See, they, they came up with all that stuff, though, back when people were getting diseases, man. You know, pigs, they eat whatever the fuck they want. They eat everything, including each other. So they probably came up with that stuff, like those religious rules about pork in particular. That's almost definitely related to disease and illness. Mm-hmm. You know, doesn't make sense. Jews and uh, Muslims all have that in their, in their religion, that you're not supposed to be eating pork. What do you think about this, like Trump... Uh, taking the ta- uh, the U.S. government to uh, Israel. Have you heard about that? What? I, the, um, you know when other con- when you, we have like bases in other countries. He's going to put a base in Israel. Is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, and that's something that presidents have been scared to do for a long time. And he's uh, Palestine's pr- like pissed. Is that true, Jamie? Yeah. I'm sorry. I just at the end of this, I just read something that just said at the end of the at the end of the feast, everyone gets a cake. But he also inserted a clause into the Constitution that proclaims, "quote." He can do no wrong in either his personal or any official capacity. That's in his constitution. He, he gave them a cake, man. Closet. What the fuck do you want? He can do no wrong. Wow. <laughs> so he can do whatever he wants. So he has a clause in their constitution that he can do whatever he wants. What does it say? Our constitution. Uh, Trump's plan to move the U.S. embassy to Ju- Jerusalem. 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 <laughs> you can't even talk. How are you talking? Jerusalem. Take that from him. And Welcome to Jerusalem. Take that, take that from him. Read. Are you drunk? Say that You're again. Not drunk? Are you, Brian? No. Struggling with the words. Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Yeah, I mean that's just that's a, a weird word though. Jerusalem. 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 I can't even say it. They used to have some crazy ass words. Mesopotamia. Yeah. Jerusalem is a Jerusalem. That's where, stop uh, and think about that. Like, how about Czechoslovakia? Why do you have to use so many noises right. for your? They do that in Poland, but in why? the Polish areas. But why? Why? Um, Welcome to Lithuania. Welcome to what? Whoa, whoa, whoa! Slow down. Why did you name your your place that? This is your spot. The noise I make for my spot. I mean, think of what they think. We don't know what Lithu- Lithuania means, but think of what they hear when we go the U- the United States of America. Blah, 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 blah. Like they're probably like, listen to these blubbering idiots. Well, they need to talk to me, and I'll just go America, America. <laughs> Where are you from, America? Mer- Where are you from, Czechoslovakia? <laughs> hey man, your name sounds funny. How come your name's so long? How come y'all decided to put all those fucking sounds in your name? greedy ass sound user sucking up all the sound <laughs> attributing it to your patch of dirt huh how big is this czechoslovakia uh, that's it that little tiny ass thing with that big old fucking name that's the problem man a lot of them are real little how big is czechoslovakia is that a big spot maybe that's Jamie? what it is maybe they're trying to overcompensate for czechoslovakia big spot I don't think am i talking shit no it's little it seems like it would be little yeah give me a, the dumbest name of a country that you know nigeria of. Why? Because it's just they a didn't joke. know that name before they came up with that. <laughs> um, that name didn't exist. Kazakhstan. Oh right. Antarctica. That's kind of a goofy one, but it sounds pretty because there's not a yeah. lot of Z's in it. Yeah. You know, you throw a lot of Z's. You know. Um, Where's Borat supposed to be from? Kazakhstan. They get super mad at him. You know, they sued him. That whole fucking, uh, yeah. they are so pissed. I bet that guy has to hide. Those Kazakhstan people are so fucking pissed because that Borat character. <laughs> <laughs> because Borat is from Kazakhstan. I mean, could you imagine if there was like one guy who was doing this character of your tiny little country and it is a fucking huge smash comedy hit that this. <laughs> 
complete retard. Because <laughs> representing your country and just fucking up everything. You know, like, remember when he did that movie and I uh, asked him where to, to, to go to the bathroom and he, he took a shit in a bag, then he handed the lady the bag trying to get Like, what do I do with this? And she's like, well, what's that? This is my shit. Where do I... <laughs> Do you see his new one? The, the, no. The, either die. I heard it. Me there's like a scene in it that's like really worth the whole movie. Which one is his new one? Uh, the one where he's like a tennis player or something like that. Like uh, the problem with those is those are comedies. They're not like uh, what I like is the stuff that's, right. that's illegal now. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. The stuff that he used to do that he kept getting sued for. That's the best shit. Jackass was on the other night on the front porch after the roast battle, and just watching Jackass, I miss that. That there's something to that. So funny that just seeing people getting fucked up. It's you know, one of like, the funniest things. It's just undeniably funny. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's it's instinctual. It's like in your in your system, like. There's, I remember, I'll never forget this one where they, they, they uh, had this big hand on uh, uh, a spring yes. that would give guys high yeah. fives. Yeah. And, and it would come out of nowhere and just fucking nail you and send you flying across the room. And they had yeah. bags of flour on it. <laughs> yes. So, like, when it hit, it blew up the flour. <laughs> yeah, it would hit you in the face and blow you up with flour. And it was fucking huge. Like, it would knock people over. Yeah. They're all amazing. I love Jackass so fucking much. And I stumbled across Jackass 2.5 recently, which is basically all the footage that they didn't get a chance to use or that was too edgy or came out too extreme for their MTV show, Wild Boys, because it turns out that they had to like have it ready for MTV. It was just different than the shit they were really pulling at this level. So anything in which the network heads were like, we can't air that on MTV2 or whatever the fuck Wild Boys was on. Um they just turned it into this super movie of shit that was literally <laughs> too fucking good for MTV and the show Wild Boys at the time. So what's it called? And it, it, what's it's a Jackass two point five. And so oh. these guys and remember they're doing Wild Boys, which is more like you know like they're out in the safaris and the deserts, wow. like with cheetahs and fucking hyenas. Like, right, they had a everything. Ham. Yeah, they were playing keep away with hyenas with a ham. And some Do of the, you know how fucking scary that is? <laughs> no. I mean, I, hyenas will kill you. They're yeah, huge. Yeah. They're like 200-pound wild dogs that crush bones with their teeth. And they're playing keep away with them. Wild hyenas with a ham. They're standing right in front of them with no fence, no protection. Those guys are fucking hilarious. They're insane. And, and the other thing about Jackass 2.5 is there's ones that were also like you could tell a couple of them were just so disgusting <laughs> that they couldn't put it on MTV. Like oh. my favorite fucking one. And it just like I was dying of laughter. I've been, I was howling like like an animal all of a sudden, you know, and they're sort of like explaining like, you know, we didn't know what we had, We met this one guy who has the world's longest fingernails. We didn't know what we were going to do with them. Another cool thing about 2.5 is it's sort of like more documentary style because they're like laughing about all is this that footage. The guy from India? He has these crazy curly yeah. fingernails? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Super duper long fingernails and they're like, we didn't end up knowing what to do with this guy. So, you know, Steve-O had this one idea and then that was it. And all of a sudden it cuts to this Indian guy. You know, you've seen him like they did just giant long fingernails, like five feet long or whatever the fuck. And all of a sudden you just see an Indian guy's face and it slowly starts to pan out. You see his nails and he has a bottle of Miller light and he just goes, hello, I am blah, 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 blah. This is Miller time. And you see him just start to pour the beer on the back of his hand. That's just hanging there. 
and the it back turned, of his hand that has the fingernails right on it. and all the beer starts rolling down his fingernails and the as the camera like pans out slide. you just start to hear like <laughs> you just start to hear that noise and as it pans out you see steve-o's laying on his back on the ground underneath oh, him and all God. that miller beer is rolling down oh, these fingernails like a water slide i was screaming <laughs> i was screaming by myself in my apartment watching this <laughs> Di- dying of laughter uh, there it is jamie's got it yeah, he just he goes this is uh, miller time but you but you hear steve-o gagging uh, before the camera even oh gets there God. <laughs> it's so fucking funny look how long his nails are <laughs> and so, so much look how it <laughs> oh my god <laughs> And he's gagging and throwing up. Oh, oh my god. Gross. Watch how much he throws up. Oh, it's about to get great right now. <laughs> oh, he's hurling. He's Look hurling. At these, these Indian girls are so grossed out. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my Look god. at the pile of vomit in front of him. It's oh, huge. God. That's the worst. Steve-O is crazy. Oh, it's so, so interesting bad. seeing him sober now. Yeah. He's a fun guy. I really yeah. like that guy a lot. You know who was not sober? Andy Dick the other day. Ooh. Uh, told with, you. With Dave Andy. Chappelle. Ooh. Uh, it was the most uncomfortable thing I've why'd ever they seen let, in my life. Why'd they let Andy in if he was drinking? I don't, I don't know. know. You and know he, what, man? I knew that was going to happen. He stole Dave's beer. He heckled him the whole Three time. Three times. Stole three beers. He stole my last call. Like I got like last call. He was and I got a drink. Annoying. I'm give it back to and me. aggressive. Listen, man. That's why I didn't have him on again. I, I was telling you, like this is not gonna. Ha- it's not gonna last. It's yeah. not. Temp- it's just temporary. The sobriety thing. Working on sobriety. He's a slingshot, and he, he pulled that slingshot back, and then he's eventually got to let it go. And I don't know why. I don't know. I don't understand sobriety. I don't understand people that go off the rails like he does, where they they get that fucked up and that crazy. But he's got it, whatever that is. You worked with him all the way back. Fuck yeah, man! I worked with yeah. him for five years. And was he, was he always that way? Always that way. Party machine. A, a lot of it is. I really, honestly believe this, and maybe Andy would probably agree with me. I think some shit happened to him when he was a child. Yeah. You know, and I think um, he he battles that, you know, and I think he has like a real issue, man. He, he He's talked about it before. I'm not revealing anything that he hasn't said already, but he doesn't remember like a lot of his childhood, hmm. like a lot of it. It's blocked it out. And he's got a substance problem. He just has he has it more than anybody I've ever met and in terms of like he gets it and then that switch goes off and he's gone. Yeah. You know, he's off to the races and he's a sweet guy. Yeah. And he's a fucking talented guy. He's a really funny guy. Like Andy and I, we did scenes together where we had to do three, four and five takes because I couldn't stop laughing. I was yeah. holding it in as much as I can. He's a really funny guy. As shit-faced and as negative and annoying as he was the other night, he was still sort of killing it through this glaze of just annoyance. I mean, of course it was. Of course it was like he was just the Scotty Pippen to Chappelle's Jordan because he was literally heckling Chappelle while he's on stage. That's fucked up. They shouldn't let him do that. Do it again. You know, they should have kicked him out. Yeah, they totally should have. You can't do that. Yeah, you can't do that. And then they tried to fuck our friend. Yeah, the first the first five times I met Andy, he was completely shit faced and obsessed with trying to fuck me, and that was I'm like, okay, nice to meet you again, Andy, you know, and that was it. And then the last few times, he was sober and fucking awesome, Mm -hmm. really great guy. And then I saw him for the first time since that the other night, and he's sitting in a chair right in the back bar area, like where the employees are. He's the only one just sitting there in a chair, and I'm like, oh, I, I. I wonder what happened to Andy as I'm walking up all in one motion. As I get closer, I see that at the same time, he's licking 
somebody's arm that he's with just licking their arm up and down. And I'm like, Oh no, he's not sober anymore. Like his variation of sobriety and not sober. I've never seen him like getting drunk or having a drink. I've only seen him absolutely at a thousand miles an hour, shit faced and aggressively sexual continuously or very nice dude. Yeah. It's so weird. I think he's a nice dude. I think yeah. he's a nice dude. Mm-hmm. I think he really is a good guy. I think Andy's a very good guy. Yeah. He's just a very good guy that does not get along with substances. Yeah. And he needs them for whatever reason. He, they, he's drawn to them. You know, and I don't, I don't know what you do to cure someone of that. I don't. And I think, you know, I wouldn't, even if I knew what to cure one person, I don't think I, I think everybody has their own individual answer for that. And I think uh, for some people, uh, they just don't want to ever get completely free or they do and then they don't you know they get bored or they can't take it anymore or whatever the fuck it is but but isn't it weird that when somebody does start drinking like it's never just like a little bit yeah. it's never like oh I'm, you know i start drinking i shouldn't be drinking i have a little buzz oh, it's just like <clears throat> opposite yeah it's um I, th- I think it's a genetic thing too man there's something about that alcohol that you either got that thing or you don't you right. know like if they like <clears throat> I'm sitting here, I've only had water tonight and I'm looking at your your drink and you know, I've had drinks, but I'm not like going, I need a fucking drink and right. a fucking drink. But some people they look at that goddamn drink and they right. just they just feel it. Let me smell it, let me smell it. Oh, you smell that whiskey in there and you just go, Fuck. Fuck. It just starts pulling at you and then you want it and then you just say, Fuck it, let's just one shot. Just one shot, boom. And they throw it down and then yeah. off to the races. Tate says that's him. Yeah, that's. I mean, you could tell anyone that's stopped drinking has started drinking Red Bull or Starbucks all day. All mm-hmm. like yeah. the strongest yeah. coffee. I just had in uh, in San Francisco. I had uh, Starbucks has this new nitro uh, coffee, and it's like having them pour uh, pour you a pint. It is. It's, good. A, it's amazing. A lot of companies are making that now. It's nitrogenated coffee. It's amazing. Yeah. And they had half of a grande. And I was like, oh, my God, I feel like I'm on drugs. Like, Yeah, we have those caveman ones, caveman yeah. coffee. Yeah. They're small. They're mm-hmm. tiny. And they uh, have 270 milligrams of caffeine. That's Is that crazy. a lot? Yeah. It's oh, a lot. It's, it's not, way it's more than a 50 good. Starbucks. Uh. Tate drinks five, six of those at a time. Yeah, <laughs> because he doesn't drink. And he doesn't he's, also, <laughs> he's also fucking 250 pounds, you know, so it's got more room to distribute over his body. But, yeah, he gets fucking wired on those goddamn things. Mm. You get super excited. God, I love caffeine so much. Great. It's like, of all the things you can be addicted to, that one's the most productive and the least destructive. It yeah. doesn't, I, doesn't, I, doesn't I fuck you up to the point where you make shit decisions or get in car accidents or anything. I think I've done so much caffeine, I don't feel like I feel it. Like, I, I, like I'll have you, coffee. You definitely don't as much. Yeah. It's, yeah. I seem so muted with caffeine. Well, that's why people who uh, use it for performance-enhancing purposes, they like to not use caffeine during the day normally and then take caffeine before they work out. Like, say, if they have a wrestling match or something like that, a lot of guys will do that. They'll have no caffeine in their diet, and then right before they, they go and fight or something like that, they'll take a caffeine pill, and then they get the full effects of it because of the fact that you're not... Like, like how much often we smoke pot? If we got anybody that doesn't smoke pot down here with us and we were hitting the same weed that we're hitting, oh, yeah. they would freak out. We've yeah. seen it. You've seen it, it before. <laughs> we've seen it before. Yeah. I mean, how many times we've gotten somebody high? Like, do you get high? 
And they're like, well, I'll try it. What the hell? Yeah. Like, okay. They take a big hit and they take a second hit and like, you're gone. Yeah. It's over. I once had a buddy. Fucking, right. I thought he was dying for a second after smoking Cali weed for the <sighs> first time. He started like shaking and like, he literally sort of like just, he looked like he was getting electrocuted for a minute. Dude, we've done that to people so many times, <clears throat> you know, like you want in, come on in. But it's just way too strong for that. For us, it's nothing. We do it yeah. all the time. So it's normal. And your body builds up this tolerance. But if you don't have that tolerance, you get hit with it. And that's what um, Terrence McKenna used to say. That's the best way to smoke weed. He used to say the best way to do it is to don't do it at all for a long time. And then do as much as you can stand. <laughs> yeah. He's like then it becomes Ooh, very, very psychedelic. I bet. He, what he, his thought was that we abuse marijuana. He was guilty of it himself, he said. It's one of the things he was talking about. He's like, you listen before you, you know, listen to this. Like, I am a confessed cannabis addict. He goes, I smoke cannabis every day, all day. I smoke it at night. But honestly, I think the way to do it is to take a long time off and then smoke your fucking brains out. Just take like weeks off. Just get bring your bring your body completely back to baseline, and then just. <laughs> I don't know about that. I take two days off, and it feels like if I smoke it, it's back to baseline. Like it's that fast. I don't want to take I two days off. How often do you guys go on stage without it? Uh, I try to most of the time. Do you struggle talking when you go on stage when you're too I, high? I, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I stutter or I lose my train of thought. Like if I'm going to like, mm. oh, I'm, I'm going to go to that that bit now. Right. Then I'll like forget. I'm like, wait, what was I just thinking? Mm-hmm. Like, It's memory for m- most of me. I think like especially with like Pete's weed, I find that if I don't smoke Pete's weed, I actually remember everything I did that night. But if I do smoke Pete's weed, I don't remember anything I did that night. <laughs> and I used to always think it was alcohol based, but I've, I've been trying it. Experimenting. I smoke the same weed, and I, I remember everything. Uh, I I smoke a lot That's of weird. these weeds, and it just blocks my memory. Mm. Men in Black Kush, <laughs> the memory eraser. Yeah, well, it definitely has a different effect on everybody, man. <clears throat> There's no doubt about that because you, you'll you'll hear some people talk about pot, and you're like, "What are you experiencing?" I almost want to be in your body. I roasted Snoop Dogg a few weeks ago, maybe like a, a little over a month ago, and hanging out with him. It was I've hung out with him a few times, but this time it was after I roasted him, and I'd hung out with him the day before because we were talking about the roast, and I was helping him with his thing at the end and everything. You know what I mean? So we were smoking then, and then after the roast. And and I lit his. I lit Snoop up at this On roast. roast. <laughs> yeah, I made fun of so everyone. Funny. It was really crazy. Like one of the most fun things I've ever done on stage. Anyway, afterwards we were kicking it like hard fucking core, right? Because I had just like honored honored the shit out of him basically in front of all of his friends in this big cool theater in L.A. So you know we were hanging and all this stuff. And it ever since then he inspired me to smoke more weed, not by saying anything, but just sort of like watching him operate and just realizing like, wow, this guy just stays laughing and creative all the time because it never shuts off for him. Every time I've ever been around him, he's always just riffing and always the funny, by far the funniest non-comedian I've ever met or worked with. Really? By far. You ever hang out with Snoop? No, never met him. You would fucking love him. You guys would click. You guys would crossing the streams would like be unbelievable because he's he gets it, man. He's cool as fuck. Him and Martha Stewart is the best combination in the room. Don't they have like a show? Yeah, together. They have a cooking show together. What is it? Best combo. 
Um, they just have a killer cooking show together. And is it on TV? Yeah, yeah. That's one. Of is the- it regular? It's a regular yeah. show. Mm-hmm. And you know who? You know who does it? Who? Chris McGuire. No shit. Yeah. Really? No That's shit. His show. One of the roast jokes that I did on Snoop was he, that he has a cooking show with Martha. And when asked what it's like to work with a 75-year-old lady, Martha said, not that bad. Ah! <laughs> it's amazing, though. Like, when I, I've seen the clip of, like, I just put it up on YouTube a couple days ago. And, uh, or I tweeted about it. and But ever since watching it, actually having the clip and getting, when it cuts back, every time it cuts back to Snoop laughing, I still, like, my brain is like, I can't. I still can't believe that it happened. Like that, that Snoop laughing. Right, right. That you actually did roast him. It's so fucking weird. Wow. But anyway, imagine. I've like doubled my pot intake since this <laughs> Snoop thing, and I was already, you know, a very regular daily, pretty much, you know, once I get the bulk of work done in the afternoon, if it's whether I'm writing or just you know whatever I have to do or book or whatever responsibilities I have, it's on, you know, yeah, until uh, I'm a fan. Yeah. And then I work out a few hours later and then I do it again. I just keep smoking throughout the night after Good that. Good for you. Good for you. It works. I approve. It I works. approve of this message. It works for me. Yeah. <laughs> Why not, man? As long as it works. Mm-hmm. And if you uh, decide at one point that it doesn't work anymore and you want to switch it up, I mean, yeah. sometimes that happens too in your life. You get tired of a certain pattern. Yeah. You know? It might be a, a different kind of workout you're doing or whatever it is, but just changing things a little bit, mm-hmm. changing certain aspects of your life, just a little bit, just a little bit of a turn, a little deviation, something new, a little something different. This could be huge, huge for your brain. You know, you start thinking of things different. I mean, I emptied my house out recently, just decided to pack everything up. I got a storage unit and I put everything in the storage unit. It's weird though. Uh, we were talking at Kill Tony about how people lived in their cars I didn't know that there's a whole thing of homeless people that have storage units and they use the storage unit to bathe in and like they just hang out there all day. Bathe in? Yeah. It's like wow, a, there's a shower like in house a storage to, unit? No, no, no. They'll just come there with like wet naps and like we like they were showing me my unit when I got it, me and Jen. And and she goes, oh, we can't go down this hallway. And I'm like, why? She goes, just hold your nose. We can't go down this hallway. And, I'm, and I look ahead and there was a woman naked, like washing herself and poop rags everywhere, just rags on the ground with poop on it everywhere. <laughs> and it smelled like poo. And she said that, that she just lives there during the day. That's like how she and she shits on the ground. They it, let her. She j- they, they can't throw her out. There's like nothing they can do. You can't like get her for like some sort of a health code that's violation. What I, that's she's what shitting I, on the ground. That's what I said. And she goes, you would think you would think it's very weird and touchy. And is that like, funny how much? people like try to protect people yeah <sighs> like if she had a house you could arrest her for that like if she had a house and she just wants to shit in public i like to go to my storage unit and take shits on the floor yeah. people would say you fucking dirty bitch yeah. like you got to go to jail but because she doesn't have a house she goes in there and shits on the floor They're like oh we can't do anything and it's also the location there's this california culture where that we nurture people but like if that was in texas and some storage unit owner walked by it'd be like yeah, he would get you better pick up and put your wit you better put your pooper eggs away <laughs> you get up and you get out of here right now i just gotta say that is so much better than your japanese mexican accent <laughs> you have a two days to pack up and get out of the storage unit 
Pack up and get out of here. This is Texas. Nothing's like San Francisco. San Francisco is the worst when it comes to that. There's fucking aggressive homeless people everywhere. Somebody They're took all a over sh- the place. Somebody took a huge shit, a yeah. human shit, yeah. right in front of the Punchline yeah. Comedy Club. Yeah. It was, and it had sure. blood yeah, in it. It was crazy. Was oh, oh and Brian. <laughs> Yeah, yeah we, blood in there. You yeah. just think that's no, no, funny. it did because I really? filmed. I periscoped two videos of it, and and I did you I, save any photos that uh, I can see right now? Videos on you can go. Do you have watch any photos of yeah, the shit? I, I want to see video, the blood. I got video of it. Don't you lie to me, son of a bitch. It's hard to see in the video, but it was, uh, but it made me puke. Okay, um, and there's a little that. towel next to it. Too. Yeah, man, I've never seen like more homeless people just wandering around anywhere in any one location than I have in San Francisco. It seems like they're just super tolerant up there. Yeah. It's one of the things that makes San Francisco awesome is that open-mindedness and tolerance, but we were you know, there it on, also leaves like an opening for that. We were there on Saturday when they were doing the marches up there. Oh, it was a good times? It was powerful. <laughs> it drained the... Well, the Kill Tony show was amazing, but the two stand-up shows I had after that, you could tell, and I by the second show, I was asking, like, how many of you went to the march earlier? And it was just... <laughs> like, I mean... Wow. Crazy. Have you ever even heard of an elected leader that's been protested this hard right after they got in office before they've done anything. Never. The funny thing is there's a bunch of women out there, obviously, that voted for Trump or didn't vote at all. That's what a lot of the numbers would say because they said that most women voted for Trump, right? Isn't that a stat? No, no, okay. Okay. Most of the women that voted <laughs> voted for Trump, correct? Well, no. Oh, no. I thought I heard that. No, somewhere. no, no. No, more women voted for Trump than voted for Hillary. Yeah. But not most of the women mm-hmm. voted for Trump. So if like there's 103 women, 53 of them voted for Trump, 50 of them voted for Hillary, like that kind of a deal. Gotcha. But when you're talking about the numbers that they had, like <clears throat> in LA, Whitney Cummings sent me this picture. And uh, I looked at her and I went, what in the fuck? Where is that? She goes, that's in downtown LA. I'm like, that is insane. I'm like, that's insane. I go, how many people are there? She goes, they expected 80,000 and they got 900,000. It was the biggest one. Even LA bigger was than the biggest D- one? Even bigger than DC. Yeah, she said they, well, they, don't, even really, they don't really know how many, but yeah. she th- says they think somewhere around, I think, 970,000 people. Wow. Close to a million. Incredible. The, it's crazy, and it was interesting how many older ladies and older women did. Mm. Like, uh, like I flew back, and the woman next to me was an old lady that like sprayed her hair blue, yeah. and she was like, "We went up to protest." And, and but it's like, aggressive. You think, came, these, yeah. you think this all came from the grab the pussy stuff? Like, if he didn't yeah. have the grab by yeah. the pussy stuff, this wouldn't exist, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. It's because yeah. of one clip that they dug up from the early '90s in between a commercial break with him on Inside Edition. With Incredible. some guy talking about who knows the context that was happening Incredible. before that, by the way. And his, 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 his whole, if you watch him talk, his whole, you know, persona, like, is, persona. Yeah. And he's talking about <laughs> persona is the Mexican word for it. <laughs> persona. You may know him. He's from Jerusalem. He's a very, Mexican pro it's wrestler. Very, it's very, very guy jockey. Like his vibe yeah. is very yeah. negative for women. Yeah. And, and well, he's a good old boys club guy. It's awful to, for me too. I don't. Why is it awful for you? I just don't like hearing him talk. (laughs) I just don't like hearing him talk, man. He's just such a ugh to me. Like I don't Hmm. like him. Who I like his kid though. Did you vote? No, I voted for Weed, but I didn't vote for Trump. You didn't vote for president. You got to that and you just left it out. No, because I didn't like either. I I would have had uh, Hmm. you know old man McGee. Interesting. Did you vote? Yeah. Gary Johnson did my podcast. I voted for him. 
That seems, even though yeah, I knew he didn't know. That what, seems like a throwaway. That's like I'd rather not vote. You know, and I, Brian. It's never a throwaway. If everybody voted for Gary Johnson, he would have won. Yeah, but that wasn't going to happen. Well, why not? Because, but it's never a throwaway. It's like you have to vote your mind. Otherwise, right. voting is pointless, regardless of whether or not you think you're throwing your vote away. Like, there's so many people that were saying that. The reason why, if I could, you know, the- no, my, the, my state was going to go to Hillary Clinton already. So I already knew that, right? Most people predicted that. If I stepped in as a complete objective observer, I had never had anything to do with the system up until that point, and then I walked in. And they were telling me the projected victory was already to Hillary Clinton before it even started, right? In this state. And they were right. And they were right in New York, right? Mm-hmm. So if I vote for Gary Johnson, it's not throwing shit away. It's just voting my conscience. And it's not even really my conscience, honestly, because uh, maybe Gary's not the right guy for the job either. You know, I mean, he didn't know what Aleppo was. But, you know, but Bernie Sanders isn't in it anymore. And uh, I'm I'm not a big fan of Hillary, and uh, I'm I don't think I'm not a big fan of Trump. I'm not a big fan of any. I'm not a big fan of being president. How about that? Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody should be president. Yeah. I think there's a, an article that I tweeted recently that someone tweeted to me, and I retweeted it about having a, a council of wise people, like seven or eight people. Like Star Wars. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> For real. What's that, Jamie? This, What's that, Jamie? This article on Fortune.com says that uh, 42% of women, most of them white, came out to support him. Came out to support Trump? Yeah. Right, but we weren't talking about that. We were talking about the marches against Trump. No, I know, but I mean, that's Don Tony's point is that 42% of women voted for him. So that, that, you know what I mean? How many women then were there that voted for Trump? Probably none because there's 20 million people in Los Angeles. If you have 20 million people in Los Angeles and you got less than a million, it's highly likely that that less than a million didn't vote for I think there's a lot of secret Trump supporters sure. that are disguising themselves as these people <laughs> and telling you they're out there because they have to – They these. it's – a game to some of these people. I can feel it. It's but like do you a think joke. that people that w- are walking around in that rally actually voted for Trump and they're, they're holding up signs, fuck Trump? You really think that? I, yeah, I think that some of them, yeah, I think that they're secret Trump supporters. Yeah, absolutely. That, because they were marching with signs, the whole deal. For their, what they have to do for whatever their jobs are or whoever really? their boss is. Yeah, sure, Marsha, I'll join you at the march. Yeah, yeah, sure, definitely. <laughs> As long as you talk to Tom about that raise or whatever, you know, whatever. People do uh, things you, for different Simpson? reasons. <laughs> <laughs> no, you were Mark Simpson right there. But it's crazy at that march. There's like five-year-old girls, you know, they're, they're, I mean, these parents are mad about what the possibility of what, of their kids hearing something that Trump said. And there's like five-year-old girls walking down the street going, don't touch my pussy. Don't touch my pussy. Okay, that's not really true. Do you, do you, have you really see five-year-olds saying, don't touch my pussy? The march was saying, don't touch my pussy, and there's little kids right, But you it. were saying that five-year-olds are saying that. You know that's not true. <laughs> All right, probably not five-year-olds. But like, here's, here's my question. <laughs> do you think that having these gigantic marches all over the country like they did, don't you think that's probably a good thing? Because a guy like Trump, the last thing he wants is all those people hating him. The last thing he wants is to realize that there's never been a president ever in the history of this country that has gotten protested so widely <clears throat> and so hugely right after getting into office, right? Yeah. That's got to freak him out. And that has to affect the way you make decisions. It has to. Yeah. Knowing that these people, like, all you, you know, you just got in. You haven't done anything. All you did was win the election and get in. It almost seems interesting because what if that ends up turning him into, you know, 
what if the, I mean, there's a chance where he just turns on these people and starts fulfilling the prophecy, right? <clears throat> it's Isn't possible. That a weird thing? I mean, but, but then, you know, the, the Republicans that support him that are on the fence, they wouldn't support him anymore. He's a populist in a lot of ways. It's one of the more interesting things about this. Like he's willing to change his mind on things. If the uh, people are, you know, re- like vehemently against his decisions, mm-hmm. it's going to, I think it's going to be real weird. Uh, who knows who the fuck knows what's going to happen but one of the things that i'm reading that's really fascinating is they're trying to keep him away from television and criticism because he freaks out and then they don't want him to overreact they don't want him to respond to criticism of him because he keeps making these fucking crazy tweets what's this this press secretary or somebody that just put out a thing the other day there's like (laughs) was talking about the numbers how many people were at the at the thing yeah you know what he's he's like a publicist though you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like he's not even a press secretary this guy's a publicist they have a publicist because of how bad you know trump is going to get into like the trouble he's going to get into like that guy's going to be saving his ass a lot in the future i feel my friend Jason Hairston, he's the guy who owns this company that makes these jackets. I say, I it's called Kuyu. Jacket. Yeah, they're, they're like, <clears throat> God damn it, it's cotton mouth. Is that a real he has story? one of the, shut the fuck up, will you? He's one of the um, best, uh, he makes some of the best uh, hunting gear in the world, and he has this picture on his Instagram, and this is disputing what the press is saying when they were talking about how little the crowd was. Yeah. Look how big the fucking crowd is there. Yeah. This is an actual photo that he took with his actual phone. And they were saying that the uh, the crowd didn't go out to the press tent. Well, fucking it clearly does. Yeah. There, that's a huge crowd. Well, it could also just be the photo, you know. <laughs> What's that? It could also just be the photo. There could be like a Gi- big Brian, gap. look at that photo. That yeah. photo shows a gigantic crowd of people that goes all the way back past where they said the crowd didn't go. I, yeah, I'm saying that there might be a big gap in just how the photo is that you can't see that there's like a gap in the middle. You know, kind of Dude, like that's the, the whole thing. Yeah. But you look know what, what I'm you, saying though? I do, but look at what you're looking at. Yeah. Not in that photo. In that photo, you are looking at, look at all those people all the way back there. They go all the way past the barricades. Look at how many people there are. Like, that's not the pictures they showed on television. Yeah. So, the, and you can see this, folks. Joe, Jason Hairston, J A S O N M H A I R S T O N. So, this is a photo that he took himself. And that's where it gets weird. It's so like someone who was actually there, who went to the inauguration, and they could have taken that picture anytime. What is this photo, this Jamie? This is what PBS put up. This is a time lapse from the top of the Washington Monument from the top from day like the time the day started, like sunrise mm-hmm. until everyone started leaving. At the oh, end so of they day. have all of it. Yeah, they have sky view of it. Okay, so his photo does it represent what this is? See how not, I'm saying? There's quite. gaps though. See, there's gaps a, in between the crowds. Well, it's, it's not filled in from yet. that angle. It it represents a big crowd, but when you look at it from the top, you can see like the gaps in the. In the but either way, either, there's a lot of people there, but it wasn't. I don't know if it was a million. Yeah. But either way, it's it's a giant crowd, but it's nowhere near as many right. that went to see Obama. Like yeah. that's been proven by the amount of people that take public transportation, right? Yeah. So this is still not filled in yet, and it's still now people are leaving. Yeah, oh, now they're leaving. It. Yeah, that was yeah. it. Oh. See, I, I, if you're if you're standing, yeah. if there's a bunch of people missing in the middle, you're not going to be able <clears throat> right. to tell because the people behind it's going to fill in the gap. Packed, that does look pretty goddamn packed. It does. But maybe that's what you're saying then, because of that. Trick well, I think you, it really in your head. It's hard to imagine what Obama's must have looked like because that does look insane. But he wasn't where where when Obama was uh, inaugurated. He wasn't there taking pictures from the same spot. Then we would get a chance to really check, to uh, really check it and understand it. But 
mean, that I would buy more than this. Oh, yeah. Because of what you said about perspective. Yeah. But, look, I mean, there's still a fuckload of people, man. Yeah. They were making it seem like there wasn't that many people. That's a lot of goddamn people. It's just not as many as Obama. I would like to compare that to when Bush was inaugurated. Bush had more. Bush had more? Yeah. They all it was also more. raining, though. Really? Yeah. It was raining at the Trump in- inauguration, yeah, right? Yeah, that's true. And how many of those people wear hairspray in respect to Mr. Trump? I saw a point someone made, too, a that lot. at the time in 2009, I guess, when Obama, <laughs> when the inauguration happened, there were a lot more people out of work. Oh, shit. And that now there's people that have jobs and they did have less. There's better that sounds like a White too. House propaganda yeah, welfare yeah, totally. baby statement. Yeah. So I was just saying one of the things I heard. Sincerely, Barack Obama. <laughs> Try to find out how many people were there when uh, Bush was uh, inaugurated and how many people were there when Clinton was inaugurated. Yeah, there's a good... 2000 Bush inaugurated. What's that? 2001, the first, first one, right? Um, yeah, it was 2000. There's a good Photoshop out there that shows them all. It shows reptiles. It shows that they're all in the shape of a skull. Alex Jones, did you hear? He was uh, down there, and uh, somebody, some Trump supporter or something like that, got in this huge fight. And then With Alex? Alex? Jo- no, no. Alex Jones, though, was right next to it and had to call the police. Oh, I saw someone was saying that Alex Jones had liquor on his breath. Says, uh, yeah, he says he doesn't drink. Two hundred or 300,000 or so for 2001 for Bush, 400,000 in 2005. And then 1.8 million for Barack in 2009, and 1 million in 2013. In comparison, Bill Clinton also had 800,000 in 93 and 250,000 in 97. Damn, only 250,000 in 97? I mean, the rain is going to deeply affect that, though, because it's all local people, right? I mean, who's flying there? A lot of people flew in for that. Jason Harrison flew in for that. Morgan Murphy. She flew in for that. She flew in for the march. Yeah. But she flew in. <laughs> she marched True. in the rain. Yeah. You know, a lot of those, that's another thing that goes against that. A lot of those women that were marching, they're marching in the rain. You know, the one that, I mean, that's why Jeremiah Watkins and his character, Daisy Watkins. Yeah. I like Daisy. I like his character. Yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> but they all had raincoats on during the roast battle tonight, yeah. or during uh, rather t- Kill Tony tonight, they were to Hillary. represent those Hillary supporters that went out in the rain. Is it a big deal because of this, the the question of the size, or the question over the lying of the size? Lying of the size. Lying of the size right? But he doesn't. He wants to say this guy wants to say this is the largest crowd of any inauguration ever yeah. clearly that's not true right that's fucked up right that's clearly not true You're if you fired. look it seems like a big ass crowd to me looking at that photo but i've never looked at a photo of the inauguration before so if you compare it to obama it's clearly still a big ass crowd but it's definitely not the biggest crowd ever so that's not good when the fucking white house minister of propaganda sounds like that guy from uh, baghdad remember at the beginning of the war there was some guy that was doing the baghdad population thing remember that guy who the fuck was that guy who's this moron outside the door they're letting people downstairs just walk downstairs so yeah somebody just they they should keep that door shut yeah it's such a bad um who was that guy remember that guy joe baghdad or something like that Remember, it was like it was a meme. It was hilarious. It's like when, when the war started, get the fuck out of here. Jamie, kick these guys out of here. Oh, God. Jesus Christ. Um, They're letting people fuck with us. Anyway, um, there was a character that was um, Baghdad something. God damn it. What was his name? 
I can't remember. You don't remember it? Do you no. remember that? And what was he saying? He was the proper the minister of propaganda for Iraq before we invaded. And he was always saying, like, you know, the Iraqi troops are destroying yeah, the American. Baghdad Bob. No. Baghdad Bob? That's why I, mean, I just typed in. <laughs> <laughs> Baghdad Bob. <laughs> what are you doing? Baghdad Bob and his ridiculous true predictions. This guy? Yes. That's the guy. Baghdad Bob. Yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, he looks he, a he lot had like, like a the... beret on. It looked like Saddam Hussein before Saddam Hussein went into hiding. Remember they went in hiding and they found him in a hole. Yeah. Remember they pulled him out of a hole and then hung him on TV. Yeah. We watched them. Like everyone could see him get hung. Remember you saw it on the internet. It was amazing. It was fucking crazy. But this Baghdad Bob. That's it. It is Baghdad Bob. Yeah. Did you watch uh, that Saddam series on HBO? No, but what I'm saying is this yeah. Baghdad Bob guy. Yeah. This is essentially what the Trump guy is doing. He's saying shit that everybody knows is not true. He's exaggerating in a way that everybody knows is not true. And this is just the beginning of the administration. His quote is, my information was correct, but my interpretations were not. Oh, God. Whatever, whatever that means. Who, be, who was be, saying that? That's what that the, Baghdad Bob guy's quote is. Oh. But this White House guy should be fired, right? That should be like a blatant firing. You right can't there. start off a relationship with the American people with a big fat juicy lie like that fired. What about his speeches too? He didn't say he hand. He was, there's a picture of him handwriting his speeches and then he's blatantly ripped off the Bane speech and the avatar speech too. Right. He didn't rip off the the Bane speech. Pretty close. Did you see it? That's, uh, we're going to give it things. back to the people. That's not right. That, that, that's typical political speak. Everybody's we're digging give it back to the so, people. So deep. That's it, a typical. You're right. It's give hack. it back to you to the people. It's kind of when hack. people turn it into the Bane thing. I'm like, I hope everybody's kidding about it being stolen. Like you know, what's not that's plagiarized, but that right. it's the same thing. <laughs> the problem with it being the same thing is it's what Bane said before he fucking went to destroy the city. <laughs> like you shouldn't say that shit when everybody knows that's what Bane said. That's that's true. There's supposed to be a guy checking for Bane speak. No, but imagine if you were going to say something. I think it's something. sort of cool to have a president that said something yeah. that Bane said. Ah, you're ridiculous. Give it back to you. Give it back to the Make people. It show China. That's just that one part of it. It was like a whole. It was like a whole two or three sentences, not just that phrase. Oh, there Look was at, more. There is yeah. no way that guy has enough time to write his fucking speech. You know, I, I He's agree, just, but he, he took a picture and just says let him. He, of course, was, you know? why not? <laughs> I mean, I, uh, fucking, you should have had a quill. Should have a goddamn feather and a, a an ink bottle. <laughs> Clearly, Trump likes to write his speeches while watching Batman. Maybe he was just <laughs> writing notes on his speeches with a pen. And Is so it, it wasn't a lie. Sort of. Kind of. Cut to his next speech. <clears throat> Dear White House Press, why so serious? Why so serious? <laughs> yeah, we got a problem. Um, President Trump, were you watching <laughs> Batman with Heath Ledger last night? Yes, it's gonna be real weird, man. It's gonna be real weird if that's that's how it keeps up. Maybe there'll be an adjustment. Who knows? Can you imagine how cool it would be if it was revealed that he did have a breathing problem all of a sudden and had to wear some fucking mask? How awesome! Snopes says the Avatar part is not not true. That uh, that wasn't said in Avatar. Well, we already discussed who Snopes is. I know who's running that. I, a guy that married a call girl. I don't understand I, that. I still think it's a it's pretty good. Snopes? What is pretty good? Snopes overall. Okay, but you have you? to listen. You get this one guy behind this thing. That was a guy. And he's and girl. obviously a well, guy and his wife. 
and they got divorced and now he's a guy and a former escort and they uh they still run it and they have a very clear left-wing bias it's a very i mean they, they've they've been a part of like anti-bush rallies in the past and so i get it it's good to have something like that i'm not totally dismissing it but these are just people this isn't like objective academics who have combed the land and looked for the correct answer all the time their stuff is widely criticized i don't always agree with the criticism but it's not like they're the end all be all when it comes to truth is what's real on the internet no no but it's definitely really good for like say like hey hey they say these tacos are made out of horses and then they yeah. and they go here's an article here's an article you're like oh thanks snopes right. You know, right. th- that's why I like there was it. some shit that was going on in uh, leading up to the election that uh, was pretty criticized. See if you find like, criticisms of Snopes. See if you find anything that's any good. I found a great thing that a <clears throat> university put together of how biased each thing is and which direction everything leans. Like they went really deep into it and they made a really cool graph. Then that middle part is mainstream, and the higher up it is, the more actual and factual everything is and the lower it is the more it's just like fake news like crap jargon and the farther left it means it leans liberal like there's crazy stuff over there and then the far right leans conservative and it has everything listed what's really fucked up is we don't have cnn is hot dog shit if you're wondering like the fakest terrible news but it says that it's better than not reading the news at all what is the source of this oh it's uh fox no, it's not. <laughs> it's not. This was, um, this was a study done by, I can't remember the college. It says 1.3 million views. but um, I like PBS or Reuters. It's on, on Imgur from uh, the name of the person that posted it is Wild Yucatan Man. Y-U-C-A-T-A-N-M-A-N. But it has 1.3 million views. Some school, I can't remember the exact school. I found this off Reddit and then just snagged a screenshot, a picture of it because I found it so amazing. And it shows you everything. Like basically BBC and NPR is right in the up middle. Like it's like above the Washington Post, above New York Times, above NBC and ABC, USA Today and CNN way down at the bottom. And it says that the Economist, the Guardian, the Atlantic and the Wall Street Journal are basically the best minimal partisan bias mainstream but still reputable well they say about the wall street journal is because it deals with the financial markets and because they they, you can't have just a clear editorial bias that leans one way or the other that's going to affect business like they're not going to tolerate that shit right like they want to know what the fuck is really going on clean and clear without all your you know hippie logic thrown into it yep what do you think about rt is that what the rt russia today yeah you know what man it's owned by russia at the end of the day you know you realize that like they've got some sort of an influence over them i don't know how much of an influence but i had lee camp on my podcast and i was asking him whether or not um putin uses fillers that dude fucking clamped up he didn't want to say a word fillers fillers like on his face i'm like his face is looking looks like someone's doing something to his face like botox or something oh fillers yeah and he just clamped up Uh-oh. didn't want to talk <laughs> whereas um i've had uh abby martin on the show before and she used to work for russia today and she just decided not to do it anymore she's doing her own thing now and when she was doing it she was uh reporting on the uh the situation in ukraine and they they wanted to ship her to ukraine they're like, yeah, why don't you uh, go check it out? We're going to send her there, and she's going to go there on the ground. She's like, the fuck I am? She's like, I'm not going to Russia. 
are you crazy out of your fucking mind? And that's when she realized, like, oh, I got to get out of this business. <laughs> mm. oh. <laughs> they tried to ship her to Russia because oh she God. was criticizing them. Yeah, <sighs> Russia Today. It's uh, it's interesting, but yeah. it's probably a better news source than what you're getting from the America Propaganda Networks. Dude, it's bad. I watched post-debate. Um, I watched CNN and Fox News, and I went back and forth for a couple of hours. Mm-hmm. I decided this is going to be like my project for the night. I'm going to mm-hmm. see what the left is saying, then I'm going to see what the right is saying. It was crazy. It was like two alternate realities, yep. two completely different worlds, and it was so biased on both sides. They're so biased. There's no one who's saying anything that might make the other side look good or might soften someone's point of view or get Hillary Clinton is a thief and a liar and she's profiting and the Clinton foundation is a problem and she needs to go to jail and anybody else would be in jail and taxes and this and that and fucking real estate scandals. And, and then you go to the other side and it's all sexual assault, Donald Trump, sexual assault, accused of sexual assault. A woman accuses him of sexual assault. This video, the grab the pussy video. And like, it was all concentrating on that. And that's another crazy thing about this study is that comparatively according to this huge crazy study that they did fox news while being while completely leaning right but still reputable cnn is not and cnn is just not reputable at all wow bottom of everything but they say better than not reading news at all but Send Horrible. me, take a, a screenshot of that and yeah. send that to me and send me it to me with the guy's name on it. I'm going to put it on my Instagram and give that guy. Interesting. NBC is in the middle. What in, that is. in the NBC is in the middle with the Washington Post. Well, and, Brian Williams made sure of that. In yeah. fact, he went to battle for it. Well, MSNBC, yeah, is the one that they're saying is the Fox News of the left, basically, but still sort of, but they're, but they're more, much more, according to this, much more reputable than CNN. That's Rachel Maddow. Yeah, yeah. She Cut gets a, she gets a little bit crazy too. She got sometimes. a big old lesbian running that show. <laughs> love it. She's cute. That's this. I love the fact that you could have a clear and obvious short haired lesbian woman with a, a, a you know Ivy League education being like your mouthpiece. Like she's the main dude over there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is. And then you have that Keith Oberman guy's gone bananas. He's just insane. Yeah. And another thing. Well, he's, he's like he just he's keeps all about like uh, we've had a coup. We've yeah. been taken over by Russia. Russia has taken over the United States. Yeah. It's been a bloodless coup. And he does uh, that show, The Resistance. Uh-huh. You know, he's going super hard left. Yeah, he's yeah. It's some loopy stuff. The I resistance. got stuck watching him for nine minutes the other yeah. day, just ranting. It seems like he's in like some sort of like one of those cable access studios. Yeah. You know? And he has to keep going. Like, it doesn't go to commercial. <laughs> and another thing. Well, that's what he's always done. He's always been a great ranter. He was one of the original ESPN Sports Center guys, and he was a fucking beast, man. They yeah, had, what happened? Why did they take him off ESPN? Because that's where everybody loved him. Yeah. And then he went from there and started doing political he news. He was so good. It's almost like once you start OG doing... Keith Olbermann, right? Oh, he got in trouble. What'd he do? He said some shit that he shouldn't have said. He kept going against the, like, I think it was mostly, mostly against, like, Disney or The Man, because Disney owns ESPN. The fucking man. And he got, like, him and Dan Patrick there. I think they were both banned from ESPN, like, facilities. They're not allowed to talk to anybody for, uh, like, 10 years. What? And Dan Patrick recently, I think, got <laughs> back in good graces a little bit. and Or maybe it was Olbermann did, and Dan Patrick is still completely, like, you're not, don't talk to Dan Patrick is what they kind of like to, like, 
It's like a big no no. There's I forget what, exactly. What, what did they get in trouble about? I'll look it up so I can tell okay. you real quick. Wow. Mm. But so then I, I didn't follow him and I didn't I don't follow sports. So I didn't know. You know, I didn't know that he was like this big sports guy, but I'd heard people talk about it and they really liked him. And then I remember he went over and started doing political stuff and then there was a lot of controversy. And I feel like some of the controversy was like if you start out doing sports, you got to stick with sports, motherfucker. Like people don't yeah. like you starting out with sports, and then all of a sudden yeah. you're talking about politics. Right. Like what? What are you running a political? Show? What the fuck? Baseball. Exactly. This fucking. What about Willie Mays? Right. Babe Ruth. Come on, Keith. Baseball. Yeah, that's what everybody you know. Is that what happened? Us. You get your respect for that, and we're supposed to like listen to your opinion on ranting political stuff but sports and politics go hand in hand of two things i can't stand you know for the most part but you care about this trump thing i do just because i have to hear about it nonstop every single day every single thing i like internet tv people and per all are talking about trump it's like a nightmare that won't stop like i don't give a shit about politics but I have to talk about Trump and hear about Trump all day But you long. do give a shit about Trump, though. It's not just that you hear about him. You were just saying. Yeah, you know, like I mean, I give a shit. That I don't, and, yeah, I, I, it's embarrassing. But I'm like, I wish I could just stop hearing about it now. Like, it's nothing else. I like, think people are tired of people complaining about it, which is yeah. fascinating to me. Yeah. It's like, what do you want them to do? Like, I'm just tired of people fucking complaining about it. God damn, man. Suck it up. He won. Suck it up. He's our president. Like, okay. Do you really expect that people are just going to stop complaining? Because that's ridiculous. People always complain. People complain no matter who the fuck wins. If Hillary Clinton yep. had won right now, people would be going crazy on Fox News. Yep. They would be screaming for her head. We can only hope that someone, someone has the courage to prosecute this criminal for deleting those emails. And they would just go crazy about it. But the difference is Republicans would not have walked in the street unless she had a grab them by the dick video that they pulled out <laughs> of nowhere. And even then, people would think it was funny. W- yeah. Women would be out there, grab his dick, grab his dick. And let's throw this out there. Yeah, okay. So, first of all, the whole Trump thing, grab him by the pussy, he's talking about if you have a ton of money to, to some guy. He's talking about being famous, very specifically. Is that what it was? Yes. He's like, well, you're oh, famous, okay. you're a celebrity, you can just yeah. grab him by the pussy. Yeah. They let you. But he was saying they let you. He was talking about like crazy groupies. But here's the thing. And like people are like, oh, that's unfit to be a president. But what? Our last, I mean, our last great president got his dick sucked in office, in the in the Oval Office, by an intern. Then he lied about it to everybody, including everyone. I did not have sexual relations. The economy was bumping. Gas prices were 72 cents and nobody gave a fuck. But now all of a sudden it's like, wait, this guy is demonizing women it's like oh okay well, well he just got caught and it's one of the things that he said he's like i heard was, bill clinton say well worse things yeah bill clinton the got golf stuck course. bill clinton got bill clinton got I'm his saying, dick sucked right. while being the president we're yeah. talking about a recording on the commercial break of what inside edition yeah. 92 i i mean the comparisons are insane but bill, bill clinton's a saint and he yeah, was he got, a freakishly he, great president there's a difference between hearing someone say something and knowing they did something to people there's a difference like they knowing someone did something is like wow i don't see it i hear i know oh, he did it so if the audio of bill clinton getting oh. his dick suck came out oh yeah it was like come on <laughs> you want that intern money hey. uh, let me shoot on your dress jamie what were you gonna say uh it was olbermann that was actually he's banned from espn's main campus that's why when he came back he was doing a show from new york 
in Times Square from like an AS, ABC like sub studio. Mm-hmm. He just had lots of run-ins starting in 1997. He went on a, the Daily Show when it was still hosted by Craig Kilborn, who was a former ESPN co-anchor with them. That was like his first problem. He he uh, he called ESPN's main campus a godforsaken place. <laughs> he got into an argument. You get with in them. trouble for saying that. Yeah. God for There's sake. just lots of different things that happened over like ten year period, and then he came back. Like I said, he had a little stint with them. He got in trouble again for saying shit against Penn State supporters. They like suspended him for a little bit for that against Penn State supporters after the Sandusky trial. Yeah. Why? What was what was so that, upsetting about that? Weirdly, also that stuff has kind of all been forgotten now. None of the, the all of their punishments have just kind of all disappeared. They don't, hmm. They're not punished anymore. They're back in the top of the like college football rankings and everything. Just For Penn State, yeah, really, yeah. dude. People are coming down here again. We gotta get one of the um, comedy store people to block the door. <laughs> they found out they can get down here. Well, they just leave the door open, and then there's a stairway <clears throat> where people could just fall. Well, they're people. supposed to be a security guy up there. You're not supposed to let them down there. You should just shut the door. Yeah. Well, yeah. people found out we're down here now. That's the problem. Because I opened my big fucking mouth. Because we're talking about it. And you yeah. called it the underground at the comedy store. <laughs> yeah, but there's people that work here that are supposed to be no, stopping the people totally. from down here, and they haven't been doing it. This this is the loosest. Like as like the people that work here, they're all mm-hmm. comics. Yeah. So they're all fuck offs. Yeah. Everybody like half asses everything when it comes to like letting people in to anything. It's hilarious. It's but what's half of the fun of this place. We're gonna have to have someone watch the door from now on. These fucks. Date two. Mm. Yeah. That's okay. That was the producer guy, Ari. Oh, Ari. No, it wasn't. He said it was him. <laughs> I saw another dude too. Okay. All right. Well. Yeah. I told him to try to watch. Get someone to watch. The okay. Door. Either way. We should do these live instead of like making it like this down in here. Maybe we should uh, just move this shit to the belly room. I love live podcasting more than anything. Well, the belly room is such a great spot for it, too. And we've already done a bunch of Kill Tonys up there. Yeah, I feel like maybe there's a problem with like people knowing that we're doing it down here. Yeah. You know, where they want to you know, see it. People knew after Kill Tony, they're like, where, is, where are you guys doing that show? Yeah. And I was like, you can't watch it, so go home. Yeah. They just Get need to get a new lock or something for that door up there. Well, they just need to have someone that actually stays where they're supposed to stay and not uh, not let people down. And also, like, that's a crazy staircase. There's all sorts mm-hmm. of equipment down here. This is totally, like, behind the scenes. There's yeah. all that equipment that the comedy store owns. It's all out there, sitting out there. You can't just be yeah. wandering around with that bitch. But people are weird, man. They just they want to be behind the scenes. They want to get to that back bar. They want to go behind the bar. Yep. They, people want. I always want to go to that one place where you're not supposed to go. And that's what's crazy is like when I got here, I was Mister. Like I, had, you had to invite me. I've always treated this building with a ridiculous amount of respect. Like I never wanted. And what, you I want a cookie? Fuck no. Me. I'm talking about that. It goes that it. There's a statement there that is a thing in which like, and I've seen it. Those people that push themselves into that back alley that are always trying to smoke yeah. pot with everybody, they're never the ones that end up uh, fucking doing anything. They're always the ones in which it's like, oh, I found out I'm having to move back home. My mom's sick, so I got to go take, you oh, know. It's that like, is the worst when someone like chimes yeah. in on a conversation and just all of a sudden uh, starts talking about themselves. They, yeah, but yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hey, you get a lot of that back there. It's the worst, and they're losers. You know what I mean? But my point is, is like the people that you know, go with where they're invited and with people that they're friends with, you know, it's different. There's just a different. 
yeah. life thing. No, it definitely is. People want to race to the back to the to the green room and the back to smoke because they think there's a shortcut waiting for them there, and there's not. You still have to. You mean a shortcut to make it as a comic? Yeah, but I guess, yeah. uh, but I, but I think this analogy applies probably for any job. You know what I mean? Is it's like it's not just about the hang. It's well, about you've always had this combination like, of the two. You've always had this like disdain for people who network. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because I think there's a way to do it, and I think it happens organically and naturally, and and people that overdo it, it's just gross. The people that overdo it are almost always not that funny. Yeah. And I do it a lot, but I do it my own way. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Like, no. I'm not like a networker, but I hang out and I do three podcasts a week and fucking yeah, but it's stand different. up all the time. And it's different. There's one thing that's like you're not consciously trying to network. You're working with your peers, right? And your friends. Yeah, that's yeah. There's there's that networking. There's, I think there's a natural amount of networking that happens. Do you watch House of Cards? It's my favorite thing. I'm the one that. Do you watch it now? Yes, I was did not you. T- tell me about. It. A lot of people told me about. It. Yeah. So don't try to claim you told me about. It, you no, I'm sure a, a lot of people did because it's like one of only four. All right, let's great not make shows. it about you. Let's go right back now. to the show. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a fucking hilarious show when you you realize like this is probably how it really works and that networking like that kind of shit like that that kind of networking is what we're scared of in comedy like that's how the entire business runs that's how what the White House runs that's how politics runs. That's why you're scared of it because you're scared of that kind of shit getting into here where it's all about favors and bullshit. Right. Yeah. This place has a loophole for not having that crap. It used to be dude. It used to be. That's how you got gigs. It used to be that there was a, there was a big problem in Hollywood for a long time. It was like, that's how people got on shows. That's how they were writers. Like there was a lot of fucking really bad writers back in the day. They were on sitcoms. Like you would think, hey man, you get to be a writer on like a Friends or a Seinfeld or something like that. You got to be a really funny person. By the way, that's totally still a thing in writers' rooms. Oh yeah, tell me about that. I mean, there's you know a guy or two that I've worked with, you know, in the small you know roast writers world that I've worked in that are literally you know they're pulling a huge favor man like maybe the people feel bad for this guy you know what i mean or whatever but you know he's lazy and doesn't do much and you know sort of just gets to like phone it in while everybody else is sort of like writing the actual thing probably gets nothing in you know what i mean it's a part of part of uh i think it's a part of that entire crazy world is there's always like a favor always there's always they, they have these teams and a lot of times comedy teams are like writer teams are one really funny guy and the other guy who writes the funny shit down. Yeah, totally. You got the funny guy who wanders around the office, scratches his beard, and the other guy's writing shit down. Even if you watch Six Days to Air, like it's so fucking, you know, Matt and Trey, period. Yeah. While those other people are, you know, writers, but you know, barely tagging anything. You totally see the vision just puking. He's just puking it out of his head laughing they're both laughing and adding to each other's thing then there's these other people that you know people are like yeah but they're just i mean that you need them too and in that environment i think i think you need like the occasional dusting and sprinkling totally but that's a different situation because you got a super genius yeah that trey parker dude's a super genius and so that's a that's one thing but like those sitcoms when you're working on a sitcom, that's when it becomes like really apparent. 
And it's also one of the weird things about comedy writers is some comedy writers are stand up comics, but most of them are not. So like where are they practicing all this comedy? Like what do you are you do you you don't perform it, but you know what's funny. You sure? Are you sure? No, are you sure something's funny? Because I write a lot of things down that I think is going to be funny and they're not really funny. Right. Like, how do you practice? You don't. You get taken by people like me that get added to the writer's room and you get fucking housed and it makes these people have to... What do you mean you get taken? I come in and all of a sudden I'm writing the jokes that are making it to the actual episode, for example. Mm-hmm. Like, like, well, there's got to be some funny people you're working with, too. Totally. Totally, but there those people normally, by the way, are stand-up comedians as well. Right. There's a few gurus, but occasionally people have ideas that are not they're not performers. The, they just they just write and right. they just are comedy writers, and you just go, "What is going on with this?" Yeah, some people work continuously. Some people are beasts. It's a very interesting business. Yeah, but, but there's a couple people that get by on. I don't know how. I, I it shocks me sometimes when I see a certain couple people in another writer's room making writers guild. Just writing alone is a fascinating enterprise. You know, making things up, sitting down in front of a computer and making up scenarios, making up people, making up stories, making up plots, making up twists in the plots and characters and. It's a fucking crazy way to make a living. Man. It is weird. It's you, you like lose your mind to, f- to formulate a world. You know, it's continuously asking yourself questions. You're like writing a trivia game and answering it at the same time. Who's the character? What would he do? What is that? Yeah. What would he smell like? What is this? What would he say? That's why comedy teams totally make sense. But I've met the comedy guy from the comedy team after they broke up. Like the one that got tired of the guy who's not funny and said, what the fuck am I doing with this guy? He got tired of just reading things to the guy and the other guy writes it down. <laughs> I've met that guy too. Those guys are brutal. And you'll go, oh, you were a part of a team, huh? I met two guys like that. Joe and Joey or whatever that. What? That want those two Italians. No, no, not comedians. I'm not talking <laughs> about stand-ups. <laughs> no. Now that's Italian. No, I'm talking about writers. Yeah. There's, uh, there's, I've met a bunch of those guys. Like when I, I had a development deal a long time ago with this guy that uh, he used to be a writer on Friends, and this dude had like bowling shoes on, and uh, he was a part of a comedy team. And the team broke up, and uh, I met with the guy, and I was like, he's wearing bowling shoes, like you know, trying to be like wacky. I'm like, why is he wearing bowling shoes? Those aren't comfortable. Like nobody wants to wear bowling shoes. Mm-hmm. Like he was wearing bowling shoes because like bowling shoes is like, he's so wacky. He wears bowling shoes around the office. And I was, I was telling my manager, I was like, he's wearing fucking bowling shoes. I don't like it. And he's like, are you serious? I go, yeah. Why is he wearing bowling shoes? Like we had this conversation. He's like, why do you care? I go, I care because it's like, why would you, you doing that? Cause you want to be whack. Was you have an exploding tie? Like yeah. he's going to like, check out my carnation <laughs> and squirts you. <laughs> like what is this guy? What does he think is actually funny? He gave us the script, and it was the worst piece of shit I've ever read. Mm. It was so bad. It was so bad, it was stunning. It was so bad that the network who recommended him, and they gave him a gigantic development deal after he left this uh, sitcom. He might have left Friends and went to another one. I forget what it was. But they gave this cat a gigantic network deal, like a huge development deal. And this was the first thing that he delivered off this huge deal. And everybody was like, oh, no. And that's when the concept of the comedy team became apparent to me. I went, oh, there's two of them. And the funny one left this guy behind. 
And he's like, fuck this guy. Yeah. And they're like, no, no, he's very funny too. And most importantly, he understands story structure. I go, no, 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 no. He's not funny. I go, this is definitely not funny. Well, you know, this is a first draft. And you have to realize, "Eh, nope, this is a terrible concept. Like the concept was awful. It was about a guy who time travels and, uh, or he's immortal. And he was, yeah, that's what it was. He's immortal. And uh, all he does is like get laid. Like what? (laughs) It's been around since ancient Egypt. He's like cursed in ancient Egypt so he can never die. And he just gets laid. And the whole network, they're like looking at each other like, what in the fuck? And I go, "Uh, yeah, well, this on me. So good luck with all that. (laughs) I'm fucking, I abandoned ship. It was hilarious. There's things like that that get pitched every day. There's some guy who comes into an office and I've had some fucking terrible ideas myself. I've had some terrible ideas that I thought were good. You write them out. You're like, this is it. And then you like put it down for a couple of weeks and come back to it. And you're like, what the fuck was I thinking? Like, oh my God. I mean, what percentage of ideas that you start out with that you bring to the stage eventually wind up making it onto a special or making it into your act permanently? Um, is it even half? Probably about, probably a little, probably about half. Yeah, I think so. Cause yeah. I really don't, try it unless i really really think it's funny like and think that it fits with my tone and everything right but you have the possibility of working those things out you know hammering them out on stage like to really knock it out of the park with a comedy script and not ever practicing for like that's one of the things that makes south park so particularly special it's like they're not even practicing it and turning it into like its best form they're kind of coming at you with this idea, like the, the initial idea. I mean, they, they've honed it. They've cut it down. They've edited it. They've gone over it. They've made it funnier, I'm sure. But, like, they don't get to do it, like, for six months in front of various crowds and watch it come to life. You know, if you think about guys like Stephen King and all the shit that guy's made up, just sits around and makes things up. Did you see his new show, the the eleven twenty nine about JFK assassination and time travel? No, I haven't even heard of it. Oh, it's what's it on? Great, it's on Netflix. It is, I think. Hulu, Hulu, Hulu. Hulu? James, James Franco is like the star of it. Yeah. Oh, what's it called it's again? Eleven twenty nine. Eleven twenty three sixty three. I think. Oh, it's like so the it's day. the day he got shot. Oh, it's, it's, it's really like good. A six part show. Yeah, it's it's fun. It's it it, it does time travel. Mm. Franco's great in it. Dude, do you want to stop and think about? all the fucking amazing entertainment Stephen King has put out over the years. That guy's insane. Yeah. I mean, Carrie, it, Salem's lot, Christine. I mean, you can go on and on and on and on and on. Pet cemetery. Maximum overdrive. Yeah. I mean, that guy has made some (laughs) shit. Misery. Misery. James Caan and, um, Helen, what was her name? Uh, Kathy Bates. Kathy Bates. I was thinking of Helen Hunt because you had, you put her in my head earlier. Yeah. Son of a bitch, picking up those twister. twister balls. Yeah, man. God damn, that one guy is responsible for so much iconic entertainment. Silver Bullet. Remember the kid in the wheelchair and the yeah, werewolf. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, things are getting remade already too. Like it's being remade right now. It's yeah. coming out this year. Who's who's remaking it? Uh, I mean, he's part of it. He's, uh, you got to talk right in the sorry, microphone. He's listed as a this, these mics suck. Uh, Bill Skarsgård. No, I don't recognize anyone that's Skarsgård. Bill Skarsgård is uh, Skarsgård. Pennywise. Skarsgård. Oh wow! I don't know if he he is. says I look like that guy. 
Who's putting uh, the um, the show together? I don't know. I don't. Is like, it a movie? Yeah, it's a movie. Yeah, they're making a movie. Yeah, but that's a book that's so long. I've read that book. It's a long book. It. Yeah, that's why when they had it on television, didn't they have it a multiple part miniseries? So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it was um, that comic. Not was it? Who uh, the fuck the guy was that from guy? Clue. Tim. Tim. No, wasn't Meta. it the guy from uh, uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show? Yeah. Yeah. Tim, uh, Tim Curry. Curry. Tim Curry. He was yep. the 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 clown, right? Yeah, wasn't he? Yep. And do you know? Do you know Tim Curry is like in a wheelchair now? and can barely talk, and he's like uh, he's like a vegetable almost. What happened? Uh, I think he had a stroke. Yeah, he had a really bad stroke. Uh, you don't, no, no one really talks about that either. You don't really know that. Like I saw him in an interview, and I was like, "What the fuck happened to Tim Curry?" Oh, that's a bummer. I didn't know that. Yeah. You know, Richard Dawkins had a stroke too. Who's the that? scientist. Yeah. The selfish meme. You don't know who that guy is? Uh-uh. He's a pretty famous atheist and scientist and um, author, and uh, he had a stroke, but he recovered. And it didn't affect his cognitive function, but it did affect the way his hands moved. He can't play the piano. And it also affected, he can't, I think he can't sing hmm. anymore. Like he can't pull it off. Like he's he's diminished, but he still speaks, which is really interesting. The part of its his brain that was affected by the stroke, um, it didn't fuck him up to the point where he he can't sing anymore or uh, he can't talk anymore. He talks just as well as he always did. Makes really lucid points. Still very smart. It's nuts how it's probably like a microscopic fraction of a difference, like a stroke, what mm. it hits and what it doesn't hit. You know what I mean? Well, it could hit any portion of your brain, but the the portion that it hit on his brain just affect motor skills, apparently. Fortunately for him, but fuck, man, what a weird feeling to know that your body's just kind of like short circuiting like that. You blew a fuse, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I blew, I blew a circuit the other day, you know, where you you plug something in, it doesn't work. You're like what the fuck? And then you go out the circuit board. Oh, look at that! This fucking flipping for the flip that sucker over and then it starts working again and you gotta think man that's it's kind of like your brain's almost like a biological circuit board you know there's a, a bot- bunch of electricity going through there a bunch of neurons firing all these cells in there and every now and then one of them goes <clears throat> and that could happen to you is tim conway still alive it's a good question his son was a really good radio show host yeah he's Still is, right? Conway and yeah. Steckler. He's 83. Tim Conway, alive and kicking. I love that yeah, guy. Yeah, Conway and Steckler, they used to have a really good radio show on that FM talk station. I think he's still doing something. I heard him the other day on something. Tim Conway Jr. Mm-hmm. You never hear about him. He would have a great podcast, that guy. Maybe he does. He does? Maybe he yeah. does? yeah, I yes. typed in his name and it pops up. Yeah, uh, the Tim Conway. I think it's that show. Tim Conway Jr. on demand, it says. Mm. So I think it's just called his name. Well, there you go. Yeah, I did his show a gang of times. Yeah, way back in the day, back when uh, talk radio was crazy, they had a, a whole network, a whole radio station devoted to talk radio in L.A. It was crazy, and I remember listening to it. Like they they went all talk. Is when I was on news radio, and I'd be driving to work. I'm like, this is great. They just talk. Wow. They would just have funny shit, and occasionally they'd have a whack host. They let a few whack ones in there. Like, oh, what it was is this? AM radio? No, FM. FM talk. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. He still actually is. Is uh, he's on the on the air here? AM KFI AM six forty from oh, okay. six to ten weekdays, and yeah. they take that. Oh, he put, does the morning show. They put that on the at night, six to ten p.m. 
Oh, 10, 6, 10 p.m. And put it as a podcast. He had a nighttime show back then, too. What happened to that Steckler guy? Is he still around? Apple Dumpling Gang. Apple Dumpling Gang. I don't even know about that. You always bring that up. I don't know what that reference is. What is that reference to? Tim Conway and Don Knotts. The the movie. Your daughters would love it. Probably not. Yeah. Have you you gotten to show them any of my favorites? Beetlejuice? That'd be a fun one to watch. Yeah, they like that. They like that a lot. But you know what they thought was fucking hilarious? Talladega Nights. They were howling. A little inappropriate. A few inappropriate moments. (laughs) few inappropriate things they say but god damn that fucking show was funny that movie rather was funny did you show moana or whatever it's yeah called? they love that that I heard yeah. was amazing star wars yeah they've seen star wars it's funny i watched the old star wars you watch the old star wars and then you watch the new star wars and like the special effects <laughs> they look like some school project yeah you know i mean it literally looks like something that a million kids could do better on the internet right now mm-hmm. wasn't know? a fan of the new one i fell asleep like 15 times during it i didn't see the newest new one I saw the one before the new one where Han Solo dies. I didn't see the newest new one. I like I liked the newest new one. I heard the newest new one was one of the best ones. Yeah, it definitely was. Brian says no. I think it was boring as fuck. Brian mm. needed sleep that day. Yeah, you probably, probably no. I even saw it in three D. Maybe it was because it was in three D. Three D is not I, good. No, the three D was after thought three D. You know, oh. like where they're like, ah, oh, let's make a three D. You know, it wasn't anything awesome oh. and. uh Okay. I think I'd rather not have seen it in 3D. I think maybe that might have been it because it was so boring that I just and there was no 3D going on, so it was just like uh, my eyes are getting tired. I just need to sleep. I kept on falling asleep. They okay, you you sound unhealthy. No, no, I'm, but <laughs> but I thought I thought it was just me. Like I thought it was something like I didn't have any sleep. But then uh, people on, I've read on Twitter uh, agree and said the same exact shit. So it's probably people that follow you and they're like, "I'm sleepy too." <laughs> <laughs> no. I would like to see what you thought. I mean, yeah, I'll I, see I, thought it the, I thought the acting was horrible. Really? Yeah, oh, horrible. I, acting. I literally know nothing. You're about You're a it. crazy person. Okay. You know what I'm excited for? John Wick too. Oh, yeah, I'm down with that. I just saw a good movie last. Uh, I take. Uh, I shouldn't say good. It was really. It was pretty good. It wasn't great. Uh, that movie Split, which is getting a lot of news right now. Cause it oh, that's that M. Night Shyamalan Ding Dong movie? Yeah, it did surprisingly well. Fuck the box that office, dude. I guess. It was, he keeps tricking me. I know, yeah. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't one of those kind of like, oh, there's a big twist at the end. Everyone's saying there's a twist at the end. It's not that big of a fucking surprise or anything like that. But the movie itself was pretty interesting. It's about people with DID, which is disassociative, disassociative identity disorder, mm. which is fucking weird. I looked it up some more stuff on it. If it's real, the way that this movie uh, depicts it, fucking hmm. insane. But like, well, people definitely have blown brains, you know. But that M Night Shyamalan Ding Dong guy, he got me with that fucking elevator movie. I'm like, I watched it. Devils in the Elevator, man. Yeah. <laughs> I skipped a bunch of. Movies. I'm like, you motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> I think the Marky Mark one where the, the trees. Yeah, kill people, the, he kills the trees gave, come to yeah. life and kill folks. Yeah, he got me with that one too. Fuck he that. got me with the village. You know, the people that live in the village, yeah. they find out planes flying over the head. They walk out to the road. It's walking distance. They didn't even bring food. Sixth Sense was cool. Signs was scary at points, but really bad. But stop movie. and think of how fucking stupid that village concept was. They had this village. They thought they were living in the 1800s. They're all about, but meanwhile, they're in modern America. Okay, and the way this is an experiment, and the way they protect this experiment, planes didn't fly over it. Oh, okay. Well, but surely you must be no fucking w- where near people because oh, oh, you're right over there. 
Oh, you could just walk. You could just walk to the town, and they didn't find out about you all these years. Fuck you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fireworks, Fourth of July. Come on. Yeah. There's gonna be something. Exactly. The fuck out of here, bitch. I don't think I saw the village now that I think about it. It's so stupid. stupid. It was so stupid. And I, I thought it was about monsters, too. The monsters are taking people. But it's like people dressed like if monsters. If you want your like, heart to beat, watch a movie called Don't Breathe. Ooh, wow. Unbelievable. Movie about a bunch of, you know, punk, cool, smart, like, thieve kids that are coming up and, like, on a good run of robberies. And they mm. go and they they see that this former Vietnam vet uh, <clears throat> won, like, a ton of money in a lawsuit. And someone close to him at the bank said that he took it all out in cash and has it in his house like so they got this hot tip that this guy has like a couple million in cash in his house and he's some old old vietnam vet so let's do that and then they go don't say anymore okay spoiler alert yeah what the fuck, yeah, dude? I showed you the trailer no, that's it. That's literally the setup. <laughs> I that's showed you the trailer not... for this on the podcast, and I mistakenly said it was the guy from the Kevin Smith movie, and you called it out as the guy from Avatar, like the general from yeah. Avatar. Yeah, that that? Guy. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's now I remember it. Yeah, don't breathe. You know what else is supposed to be really good? There's a, a a zombie movie that I think was made in England. I think it's called A Girl with All the Gifts, hmm. and it's about uh, a kid that's a zombie. Like there's a disease. And uh, these people get it, and it's like some. Fr- it turns them frantic. And this one girl, I think they're using, according to the the trailer, they're using her as a um, like a to make a vaccine. Whoa. But these these fucking pandemic disease movies where people go crazy and start killing each other, they seem a little scarier now that Trump's in office. <laughs> right? I'm serious about that Trump getting a mask thing? Like how great that would be. I am your better now. I am your president, dude. You should have been here the the inauguration night. Inauguration night, we did a podcast in here with Jeff Ross, and Jeff Ross was freaking me out. He's knows Trump. He he roasted Trump. Mm-hmm. He's like he's never leaving. He's he's gonna be there for twenty years. Yeah, and he'll leave, but he'll he'll make sure that somebody who's his friend gets elected, and he'll be his advisor, and he'll be right there with him. Then his son will get in. He's like, that's it. It's over now. He's in. That's so it's funny. Like, wow. And then the moment he gets in, he takes the LBGT page off the White House and he takes the no, civil I read rights thing page that, that off hap- the White House. No, that happens with every presidential change. I read a whole thing about that. They take the LBGT they page. They take yeah. archive everything. They take everything from everybody's thing and completely scratch it. And then and, they put up the new page yeah. with the new president yeah. who doesn't give a fuck about LBGT, who doesn't give a fuck about climate change, the, and who doesn't give a fuck about civil rights. Same thing still the same thing no matter what like what he decided to remove and not replace but i th- i think it's like a process though right is it i think you don't so. think they would have a website in place i read a whole thing and maybe i may i can again i can't cite the source because like i told you earlier i'm smoking twice as much weed <laughs> as i ever have before in my life so like but I read that that's a thing that happened when Barack took office. Like a lot of the stuff, by the way, that's happening is stuff that is a very regular thing. Like people are freaking out about his cabinet picks, but I read a whole thing on that where it's like, yeah, that's how this stuff works. Like right, he still has to get cabinet, approved by this Senate. His cabinet picks tell a lot about his intentions. You know, like the guy, the former Exxon CEO. and. But don't you think that's sort of good to have? Do you know that he put a five-year, like, he's the first president to say that you can't just go join lobbies and mm-hmm. you can't Be get rich. You're yeah. not going to get rich True. off of me. So I think maybe if that guy who he interviewed, who's Trump known for hiring people, that's like what his specialty is, it, 
if he hired that guy for a reason, and if it's because he's such a fucking freak that he might be one of the people that fixed the economy, look how much money he made Mobile X on. I'm just saying that if he's right, then fuck, that'd be so great. I'm rooting for the guy. It seems scary well, and stuff, he, but I think he, he has who's, a plan. If he's right about what? See, the problem is, like, everyone knows there's a real transparent deal that Obama blocked where Exxon was trying to drill. And they were they were trying to make this deal with Russia, and Exxon got they got cock blocked by Obama, and now that Obama's out, and then the former Exxon CEO is in, mm-hmm. like, and people are wondering, like, is are they doing something that the environmentalists think could potentially be a huge disaster, and are they doing it for profit? I don't know. I don't follow it enough. That's when I'm not optimistic, though. That's when I get nervous. You know, but then again, like things like this Dakota pipeline, you know about that, right? The Dakota pipeline, they were trying to, I mean, they fucking did, man. They arrested people for trying to protest them. This government decided and, uh, this easement they decided to put through people's private land that these, these guys had ranchers. There's a a river that runs through that and they wanted to drill this pipeline right under the river. And if it blew, you know, which they do all the time. If it goes bad, this whole river system gets totally poisoned. And um, they successfully blocked it. But people had to, they had to put a lot of like blood, sweat, and tears into it. And they had a protest for a long time. They got shot at with water hoses and, and that, that freezing happened, cold weather. That happened under Obama's watch though, right? Yep. Yep. So, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, absolutely. at least we're learning that if you do have to make some sacrifices and protests in a certain situation like that, that maybe it will work, I guess. It is interesting that it happened under Obama's watch, and he didn't do jack shit about it. And he, he didn't freak out. He had to have been aware. He had to know that these people are, are they're protesting a very dangerous situation. It's all fucked up, man. There's so much profit to be made. And then these guys have to think, hey, you know, if we don't do this, then we're reliant upon the salt number nine is gold underwear, you know, because that's the only place where we're going to get our oil from. Right. We have to get our oil from the Middle East. Should we get it ourselves? Should we get it this way? Is that better? Is it better for our country? How do we do it without fucking up the environment? Can you prove to me that we're not going to fuck up the environment? And then they think they do. And then they go out and they go, oh, sir, we've got a problem. Earthquakes have increased by 500 percent. Earthquakes? What do you mean earthquakes? Well, we didn't uh, uh, anticipate this, but apparently when you frack and drill holes in the ground, the earth shifts, and we have uh, some serious earthquakes. And unfortunately, because of that shifting, some of that shit has gotten into the water supply. And that's where that's where they are right now in Oklahoma. Oklahoma, they're having a fuck ton of earthquakes, and they're trying to figure out what to do because these guys are just digging holes in the ground. Yeah. I mean, we're crazy monsters. We're like termites. Yeah. We're termites. We're b- digging holes into the ground, and we're sucking up all the juicy stuff so we can light fires. <laughs> I mean, that's what we're doing. We're lighting fires. We're lighting gas fires and oil fires. We just contain them inside these metal blocks. I mean, that's what we're doing. The, what, we're, what we need all this stuff for is combustion engines. And make, to make plastic so we could choke birds. That's what we're doing. We're choking <laughs> birds, choking birds, and lighting fires. They're going to tap uh, our natural resources on federal lands, according to the first energy plan on the White House website. It says we have, uh, this is the quote from, we must take advantage of the estimated $50 trillion in untapped shale, oil, and natural gas reserves, especially those on federal lands that the American people own. And that's super interesting and it's kind that's of a terrible thing that's a terrible thing yeah that's a terrible thing because that's what we we're talking about with teddy roosevelt the public land 
and having public land and how it's such a huge issue and it's such a an amazing resource like places like yellowstone like all these places where you can go and hike and camp and fish and and hunt and do whatever you and enjoy this insane piece of nature that we have here or this insane piece of wilderness we have an amazing public land system in this country and there's a bunch of people that are working really hard to keep that in place but when they start talking about taking out the natural resources and drilling in, into it and shit, it doesn't look good. All right, everybody's checking their watches. Time to get out of here. <laughs> it's uh, 12.34. <laughs> we did enough. We did like two hours, right? Yeah, did we do hours. two hours? Two hours? Two and a half hours. Two and a half hours. Jesus Christ. Enough. Enough already. Okay, everybody. Bye. Say bye. Bye. Say bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We'll, we'll probably See do this me. again. Hey, maybe we'll, the next one we'll do, we'll try to do on stage. Who knows? Or we'll sneak one in here where we don't have people coming down and knocking on the door and trying to take selfies in front of the door. Hey, come see me do stand-up comedy. Go me? To si- me. Not me, you. No, me see no, I'm you? talking to the listeners. Oh. Well, but you yeah, looking in my you, eyes. You come. I where am I you. going? You're coming where am I going? San Antonio this weekend. Jesus, Chicago. Texas? Yeah. Texas? Yeah. Oh. All weekend. San Antonio, Chicago, Calgary, San Antonio? the River Center Improv. All these dates ah, are at TonyHinchcliffe.com. Cool. I didn't even know that existed. San Antonio is an improv? Yeah. We're going to the Royal that? Rumble on Sunday. Me and a whole gang of people here. Wow. We're And they're all doing the shows with me. It's like a dream weekend. Brian's We're, making gay... Um, Oh, oh yeah, job. the guy that falls asleep in movies because he's got the body of a. Go on, Brian. TonyHinchcliffe.com for all those tour dates. <laughs> TonyHinchcliffe.com, ladies and gentlemen. Brian, where far art thou? Uh, how about this? February first, Comedy Store Main Room and uh, some other shit. Go to DeathSquad.tv. DeathSquad.tv. You Kill sons t- of bitches. Joe Rogan just did Kill Tony. I just did Kill Tony. Listen to us judge young comedians and Kill Tony episode 200 is coming up in the main room And in March. the Kill Tony we did today was a good one. Yeah. The girl at the end, what was her name? Uh, Kirsten. What is it? Yeah. Uh, dirty hippie comic. Dirty hippie comic. Yeah. That's a dirty hippie comic on uh, Twitter. Twitter. She's fucking hilarious. Yeah. She's really funny. She was good. She killed me. And we filmed tonight in VR, so there's two streams. Jesus Christ, what more do you want, you fucks? Got it. All right, folks, that's it. Uh, I'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.